Hey guys, welcome to our Valentine's Day episode. This is a very special episode for a number of reasons. One, I'm going to be talking very quietly because my guest, he uh, recommended that I be a little quieter, a little soft-spoken this episode so I don't get picked up into his microphone. But aside from that, he's one of my favorite people, the best person I know, my baby daddy and my husband, Moses Did I say your last name right? Yes. <laughs> Am I talking Hackman. soft enough? Yeah. No, it just, it just, the, <laughs> I'm not there to adjust the levels. So we're <laughs> matching we're. levels. So yeah. if it doesn't seem like I'm excited, it's because I can't, no. like, my husband. No, you can't. You, you can said take it's ASMR. Really. We're, we're an ASMR podcast for the lovers at home. For the lovers at home, this is the ASMR podcast. It's very chill vibes here today because it's literally just me and Moses and it feels almost. Well, now it's chill. Until now, it was chaos. Yeah, we had a photo shoot, we had interviews with people, um, Malibu didn't want to leave your side, I couldn't find an outfit that fits. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day My forever you. Valentine. You look so good in all pink. What? Couldn't find your white shirts either, that was a crisis. Honestly, look, I, like I, like, this one. I like the gray and pink. I like it too. It's giving 50 shades of gray. Well. Wow, babe. Will you, will oh. you be my Valentine? <laughs> Yes, we filmed this. <laughs> this is going to go after Valentine's Day, so they're going to be like, um, a little wow, late. Okay, we'll put a little um, <laughs> slide. It was filmed on. Before Valentine's Day. <laughs> Thanks, babe. It says, my wife. Oh, my gosh. It's with an accent. My wife. I saw this. I thought this was um. I know. I was like hiding it here. And somebody well, wasn't just started <laughs> organizing things. Well, like, we had no. our photo shoot. Oh, my gosh. Oh, babe. To my wife. To my wife. You already wife. did so much. You decorated the set, the bear. Oh, a little ASMR. Stupid. This card, actually, this card just kind of had exactly what I wanted to say on it. Oh so we're so, isn't it funny how they know how to do that? Card companies. Yeah, they, they're pros. <laughs> <laughs> we're so good together. I love the way we know each other, heart and soul. I love our shared dreams, our wild adventures, and our perfect moments side by side. I love growing closer as time goes by. I'm going to cry already. I, I love our yesterdays, our todays, our forevers, and most of all, I love you. <laughs> that makes me cry. I don't know why. <laughs> Thank you. I feel the exact same way. I'm going to be emotional. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, um, sorry if I'm like looking at myself. Because <laughs> I see, because it's like, it's flipped around now. Yeah, usually um, I see the screens, but no. I mean, you're kind of in my close up, but it's fine. <laughs> I was distracted because I was like, what is on the side? And I was like, oh, it's you on the side. <laughs> we love you in my close up though. <laughs> um, oh my God, this is so cute. Oh my God, I'm going to like cry. Thanks, people. We said no Valentine's gifts this year, but. I saw this one and I was like, well, it just fits so perfectly mm. to you. Wow. See, but that's the thing. Every, all year round, you always, like, you'll come back from the mall or from anywhere and you always, like, bring me a little gift. You're like, this reminded me of you. That's why I don't, exp I don't even care about gifts because you give them to me all year round. So on holidays specifically, I'm like, oh, I don't need a gift. You can always give me gifts and I love them. I am a, I do love gifts. <laughs> But I realize love language, speaking of love, my love language is acts of service because Moses just be doing the most for me and I just fall more and more in love with him every day. But <gasps> yeah. So this one was an eight infinity. Like oh. and I haven't seen that before when the infinity yeah. is it's usually vertical. the other way. Usually it's horizontal. Oh my god, that's the infinity crazy. is vertical. So oh you get both your number eight. And infinity. Oh. And I don't know. It was just perfect. 
this is like you're right because it's always the other way like the emoji yeah and stuff like you that. have one that's like eight 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 or yeah or it's like yeah it's but this horizontal. is a infinity and i love a infinity it's an eight year this year 2024 oh my gosh thank you babe i love eights i do every time i see an eight oh my gosh it's so yeah every time i see an eight it's just like a sign i love the abundance mm-hmm. i'm an eight baby i was born may 8th 88 i'm really eights i'm, <laughs> I'm very eight heavy Oh, yeah, thank you and so you much. like infinity, the symbol. Oh my gosh, I do. Thank you so much, babe. This is so. Okay. This is actually is so perfect. Right. I mean, you can't pass that. Like might you can't be, my... be like, no, this year I'm not getting it. Oh my god, might be my most favorite one yet. Thank you so much. I have my mom locket on today with my little heart one. It fit perfect today. But this episode is not about me. It's about <laughs> my guest. And I was like, everybody's been wanting you as a guest, and I've been very like. Not hesitant because it's like I love it, but I feel like it's so hard to interview your right. spouse because it's, it's probably it's kind of like not an interview, but I mean I'm on the show every time. Yes, you're always on the show. We did do interviews before in our past in my past podcast. <laughs> you were you were a guest on my podcast like I don't know probably three weeks into meeting you came on and I was very shocked. Oh yeah, well I guess quarantine started, so we we're like, what do we do? I didn't have any guests, and Moses was one of my guests, and it was so cool because like you were you were pretty private back then, and we were private. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh my god, you want to be on a video with me? I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I mean, we made videos before we were actually together, like like dating. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we were together, but right. But I'm saying before <laughs> we got engaged, before we like oh, we before we dated, yeah, we much made videos from the beginning of our yeah. journey together. We did a lot of stuff from the beginning, babe. <laughs> <laughs> before we dated, <laughs> um, but no, it did feel nice. It did feel nice um, because I always thought like what we started as was like a hookup, and then the fact that you wanted to do like videos with me. And you come over and have dinner with me. I was just like, oh, maybe this is more because it was it was like quarantine and you know. You didn't think anything like dating. I don't know. I mean, I just felt we're so lucky because, like, we we just had a guest that, you know, went through a breakup and moving in alone, yeah. and then quarantine started. That would be... And we were kind of, like, the opposite. We were, like, alone before. Our whole lives. <laughs> and we met the day before quarantine started, so... Two days before. We were so lucky to, like, have each other through that whole time. I had no idea. Did you know quarantine... I didn't know quarantine was coming. I had no idea lockdown was even a thing. I didn't pay attention to the news. I had no idea. I didn't think it would be that big, but at the beginning they said, oh, it's only going to be two weeks. Right. You know, we really thought, oh, just two weeks, it's not a big deal, life will go back to normal. But for us, <laughs> life never went back to normal. No, it's, okay, so we should tell our story. I feel like so many people, like, don't know our, like, beginnings. And that was, we have some fan questions, too, we'll get to, but that was a requested one was, like, the love story for people who don't know. I love telling it. I feel like we tell it a lot. But I think ours is so unique and so special. So I love to tell it. Um, we met, yeah, we met, We well, we DM'd. You had DM'd, DM'd me. You. And I never check my DMs. But there was, like, something that I, like, went to your page and I just was like, let me just check if this person's ever messaged me. And you did. Mm-hmm. You had just messaged me, like, yeah. a half hour before. And yeah, you replied to me so quickly. I was shocked. I was like, what? How did you even see that? <laughs> well, right. And it's weird because I never I never would check my DMs or anything like that. And it was a Friday night, I remember, and I had my glam done. And now you know how important glam is to me. If I have glam on, it was like, I have to go out from glam. And so I really wanted to see you that night. But we did talk all night. We, like, texted and... Yeah, we texted a lot. Like, we texted like was, we were on ecstasy that night. Because <laughs> I was like in my garden, you know, watering the plants, texting. I was just like, Really? You yeah, were so we're intense. Just, we're just 
basically, you were my company that evening, you know. Yeah. It was almost like a date. In it was. I, I We have the first text. I should have, you know what? I should have actually written it down. I have my phone down there. But you remember we looked at the very first ones? It was so intense. Yeah. We, we just jumped into it. It was like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know. There's something like with Romeo, Romeo, Romeo and Juliet, Juliet then and it's like you go, I follow you. Yeah, <laughs> like there was some serious stuff. Yeah. It was, <laughs> and like knowing you now, I'm surprised. Like knowing me, you know, I'd be like that intense. But now knowing you, I was like, wow, that was so intense for the first night for yeah. you. Well, I, I am an intense person, but also sometimes I match the person in front of me. So I guess it was that combination <laughs> of matching your intensity. In my what? My intensity. <laughs> I like it. And then we went out the next day. You took me out. You picked me up from my mom's house because my mom lived close to you. Yeah. Kind of drove around the block a couple of times to make sure I'm in the right place. Oh, yeah. We saw you. We watched you. And they were in the balcony (laughs) kind of looking out. Yeah. My sister saw you circle a couple times. And then I came out and I was so nervous. Yeah. But I guess now now I know. But at the the time, I didn't know. You didn't know I was what? But you were nervous. Really? Now I would be able to tell. You couldn't tell. I was like so nervous. I guess I. You were just kind of very shy, very quiet, very. Like, yeah, I, I had taken um, Xanax not just because of the date, but I was just like taking a lot of Xanax back then, and um, I was just yeah, I was nervous. I was just nervous. None of my relationships were working out. I was just, I was just mess. I think it's, it was like a year and a half of like not dating, but just hooking up with like awful people that didn't like me. So I think I was just nervous. I don't think I was like on a real date in years before that date. That's why the day before when he was like, kind of like, let's, let's meet. Cause you were like, you know, full glam. You wanted to be like, yeah, I want to meet now. Yeah. And I was like, no, we should go on a date. Like you should, yeah, that you know, so sweet. make reservations somewhere, pick you up, go on a actual date. And you took me on the water and I did sleep in my glam that night. Cause I was like, you know what? Tomorrow you'll see this glam. <laughs> it looked pretty good though. I had pictures even the yeah. next no, day. It beautiful. Thank you. I was, I was, God, I looking back, I was like, God, I did look kind of good back then. It you is crazy. Still look good, but. Quarantine was rough for me. I think, I think I just hit a snag in quarantine, but mm-hmm. then got pregnant and then it's just like one. Most people say you're the glow up, so I don't know. The glow up is now, the glow up is now. We are married. We met at the pandemic 2020, March 2020, so it's like almost exactly four years. Mm-hmm. We got engaged that year, bought a house the following year, um, bought two houses really, going on our third house, and have a baby and one on the way. Yeah. And we got married. So it was, you know, we moved quickly. We have, we have a pretty good, uh, you know, we're accomplishing a lot fast. Oh my God. As far as year. a couple. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing. I mean, we're on the accelerated course, you know, I think when the older you get in like a good way. And we heard this even from one of our guests who was like 30. She's like, you know, you just kind of know more what you want, mm-hmm. what you don't. So you're just like able to like cut to the chase quicker. And then, of course, us, we were just like older. And it's just like me. I was like ready to have babies. And you're kind of at that pay, pay, space. Even though like when we first dated Moses, was definitely not rushing into the babies. I was going to rush in. I was like, let's just have babies right now. But um, it's just like, yeah, you know, you kind of know what you guys want and what you don't want. And Yeah, I mean, I did rush into the relationship, but I was like – I don't know. I was like, there's a couple of steps before a baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I was like, yes, babies. But, you know, maybe a house that is our house and getting married and then having a baby. It was good, <laughs> was honestly. Like, maybe the, the right order. Right. Um, well, I mean, I guess people have their own paths, but it was a great order for us. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it made it more stable and comfortable. And that's what I mean by the right order. Like, yeah, it felt... You know, we weren't moving when you were either about to give birth or having yeah. a, or 
setting up a new house when there's a infant in the house you know oh my god now again everyone has their own path but like thinking about having like malibu because it is beautiful to have your kids at your wedding i do think that's really cute but having her at our <laughs> wedding it would never i don't even think i'd make it down the aisle malibu would just be like you should be the bride she'd be like i'm, I'm sorry this is my abba okay so um you know it all did work out good we'll have a vow renewal or something where they can all be there yeah no i mean i'm down to get married as many times as you want <laughs> well we did <laughs> i think we had two already <laughs> do more we had a few more plans, so. So, we'll yeah, that was our love story. And then, you know, stuff just happened that summer. It was a wild summer. I was wild and mm-hmm. learning each other. And <laughs> Well, I had no idea what I was stepping into, so. <laughs> and to be fair, 2020 Trish, that time when you met me was just like a totally different, I mean, than any time in my life. So it was a wild ride for myself, too. So. <laughs> but we made it through and you yeah, saved me. Yeah, that's, that's really the test of it all that we made it through it's crazy everything that was possibly that was yeah everything possible that could have been thrown at us was thrown at us yeah it was it was a little rough what was your first impression of me in general in person the first few weeks online well i knew i knew that when i'm going to meet you in person you're not the person online and i didn't know you much online Mm. like i didn't know because i'm not like I, I just didn't. That's why that was the problem. I didn't know how famous you were. Like <laughs> I don't I, know if I was that famous. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, but I, I didn't know. Right. So had I known, it'd be easier to actually navigate through everything. But I had no idea. So you didn't research but, me. But but I didn't know. No. But but I did know that you'll be a real person. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm coming to meet a real person. I'm not coming to meet some internet persona or some crazy something. <laughs> like I just knew you're a real person, and I knew that knowing what you accomplished in life, I knew you were smart. You know, like I knew. Okay. You know. Don't let anyone fool you. This is like a smart, creative individual. That, mm. um, yeah. So I, so I came with very open mind and ready to meet you. And then, and like I said, you were very shy and quiet and, you know, beautiful. And oh. I don't know. But I had an immediate like something because I feel like our connection is almost like has a past life in it, you know. Definitely. Like I had an immediate like wanting to care for you and take care of you and all those things i could feel that for sure i feel like yes i was a little out of it on a first date but um i felt intimidated more so because i thought oh he's really smart and he's really this and it's like different than anyone i've dated so i was just like ah i don't know i also just was like you were so different than anyone i've dated and just like the sense that you weren't in like entertainment it's so crazy how creative you are and how like i came to know that later but like at the time i was like oh, i don't know like he's just so different because you were just very but you were the opposite. You weren't shy and quiet. You were very like talkative and almost like teacher vibes, like professor vibes, like lecturing. Like, and I was well, like, oh, he's smart. That was the phase. Yeah, that was the phase I <laughs> the was phase. into. <laughs> it wasn't a phase. <laughs> it wasn't. What was your phase? The lecturing phase? Yeah, because I was like doing that online. I was doing, I don't know. I was like, I was learning a lot at the time and I was like teaching a lot at the time. So it was like a lot of that happening yeah. at the same time. And I get, when I get excited about something, that's all I'll talk about. So like, so had you met me, I don't know, two years before that, I would be talking about the water nonstop. You know what I mean? Right. Like you when you met different. me at that point, I was talking more about like, you know, the human psyche and stuff like that. Yeah, that you were. So You were analyzing. You were like going deep. Yeah. So it's just like wherever I am at that moment, I'm just there. I don't, it's kind of like. You have that in common. Naturally Our... flows out. Yeah. What phase are you in right now in life? Husband, dad, phase. So if you were on a first date, you would just talk about your wife you and kids? You and my kids. 
a good that's a good phase <laughs> to like be my in. My wife is amazing. My daughter is so smart. You should meet them. Isn't that crazy? I know. I think about dating, like you know, whatever, just like single parent, divorced parent, whatever. It's like I, I couldn't do it. I would just talk about you the whole time, or I talk about Malibu, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think most people would find that annoying if it's like not there, you know. Obviously, if it's like your ex husband or something, but. I like that phase. So let's go back <laughs> to the beginning. To the beginning of- What's your first phase in life? Like, what was your phase? You're dating in high school. What are you talking about on a first date there? I don't know. Well, in high school, I was very, like, hyperactive. You know, I was very, like, physical. I had to be on my bicycle, rollerblade. I had to be outside all the time, do things. I oh. was very much, like, it was hard to contain me. So I think anyone I dated back then had a real big challenge of, like, either keeping up with that or even wanting oh, to be around that. They had to keep up with your, <laughs> what were they doing, rollerblading with you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you had a girlfriend in high school. We don't have to get into details. I don't know any details. I would love to know details. Yeah. But like what, <laughs> I always ask him this. I'm always like, what would you guys, you remember it always be like, okay, so like pretend like I'm your high school girlfriend. Like how would you flirt with me? How would you whatever? And you were like, when not, you could never do the role play with me. I'm like, did you have yeah, a girlfriend? Just, <laughs> yeah, because I, I think it's almost like you in a way of like the small town mentality of there's not much to do. You know, yeah. so we would either hang out together and watch a movie or go out to watch a movie or stuff. Like it was very simple. You didn't have like conversations though. Like if you're on a date. We definitely had conversations, but I think back then it wasn't as, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was just very simple conversations. And it's more about life, you know, because you go to schools. So it's about people at school oh. and things that happened and work. I think it was a lot of venting from the other side. <laughs> Heard you know, you. This happened and that happened and this person did this or that. Oh, and... so you're kind of the same person back then. You're kind of listening and offering am, guidance yeah, yeah. to your high school. <laughs> no, but people change no, so I, much, I agree you, with you know. Yeah. But in general, yeah, I've always been because I'm the oldest brother, so I've always been the person that you come to if you need help or issues or stuff. But I'm the opposite. I never had anyone to go to. Right. So I don't have that. Like I don't, whenever I have a problem, I solve it. I never share it with somebody else and try to get help. Yeah. I guess as an older sibling, that would be the worst part about it. I, that's why I was always glad I wasn't the oldest. Cause I always thought, oh, like when something happens to our parents, I, mean, I don't want to be the one to deal with it. You know what I mean? Cause I think. Yeah. But no, I'm happy about it. Cause I feel independent and free, you know, like yeah. I have no dependency on anyone in the world. Uh, I mean, you're, you think you're the only older sibling I've ever like dated and it's so nice because it's just like, you just take care of everything. I'm just like, oh, he's going to take care of it. <laughs> he's going to handle it. And it's like reassuring. Yeah. Cause I mean, I did it for myself anyways. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, it's it's not like a, any difference or a chore or something like that. Do you still keep in touch with that girlfriend? <laughs> no. It's fine if you do. <laughs> no, I have no idea where she is. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm surprised they don't come. Don't you, aren't you ever surprised like your girlfriend from high school doesn't come? Like I'm always surprised kids from high school never come out about me and not even bad. Just like, oh yeah, I went to high school with Trish. You never. Well, for you, maybe for me, I'm not that famous or important for somebody to kind of like, nobody no, will care. <laughs> someone, like your girlfriend from high school has definitely seen you and you think she would just want to. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah, think it's definitely, <laughs> I wouldn't say that because, because again, when you go back to small town mentality. They don't really see everything. Were you always so serious as a... Yeah. Even as a teenager? Yeah, too serious, yeah. Back to high school, you. (laughs) Were you eating Domino's in high school? (laughs) Definitely eating a lot of pizza in high school. Did you guys have Domino's? Maybe a different kind, like a different chain. Oh. We definitely had like Pizza Hut. Oh, I think, yeah. 
Maybe that's why I still like Pizza Hut more than Domino's. <laughs> Maybe high school memories. Um, but you are, I think you're one of the funniest people. And I think people see that on the podcast now. I think people are like, oh, we see more of Moses' personality, which is like surprising to me too. Because I never, I never thought you were funny until like maybe a year into our relationship. I was like, oh, he's really funny. But you come across so serious. But were you like, did you have that same sense of humor in high school? Like as a teenager, do you think people would consider you funny? Or were you, did you never show that side? Because you say you show it to certain people. Yeah. I mean, I'm, in a, in a way, I am a clown, you know, like. And not like Austin McBroom clown. No, not in that sense. But in a sense of like in my mind, there's <laughs> always is, a joke. There's always something. It's going to be a clip of you being like, in a way, I'm a clown. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> But there's always there's there's always a joke in my head going around. Whatever happens around me, we're doing stuff. Like I'm always joking with myself in my head. You know what I mean? So it's just there. But then I think because like most of the time I'm serious, and when I deliver a joke, I'll deliver it in the same seriousness. So it either comes off as weird or misunderstood, unless somebody realizes, oh, that one was a joke. Yeah, that was not a joke. This was a joke. And then it's funny, but <laughs> but otherwise, because you say it yourself, sometimes you see me say a joke and it goes over people's heads. Always. Or, right. I try it, to laugh for you. I'm like, oh, let me give no, you a laugh. No, it's fine. I'm fine with nobody knowing I made the joke. <laughs> you do sneaky ones. It's actually really funny. Or quiet jokes. Sometimes you do a quiet. We were at yeah. dinner last night with like a bunch of friends, which we never do. It was like eight people. And sometimes you make little quiet jokes that only I hear or something. I'm just like, is that for me or is it just a quiet one it's you're trying to me, slip in? It's in my like, I need to say this joke. You're pretty funny. I do think you're funny. I think you have a good sense of humor. That's why I would love to know, like, teenage Moses. But I wonder if teenage Moses and teenage Trish would have gotten along, just even as friends. Probably. I think most likely in teen years we would have. In our 20s, we would not. Because you were judgmental, too, you said, in your 20s. Well, we were just so different. Yeah. Type of, we're, we are the opposite as far as a person. But and, similar. And, yeah, but on on the surface level, when you see a person. Oh, right. We're opposites. Yeah. So if I would have seen you, I would not think in any way that that's for me. You know what I mean? Like it, it was. <laughs> that answers one of our fans' questions who literally was like, did you see yourself marrying someone like Trish? I have it written. What am I thinking? No. So back then, no. It would be the exact opposite of what I thought, but my thoughts were wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like that, and I think that's the biggest thing about relationships is like what's good for you is not necessarily what you think is good for you. That is definitely true. And, and in general, don't follow your thoughts, they'll just mislead you. But in like, there's a I don't know, it, it was a big surprise to me that we like the way I felt about you when we met and the way I felt about you after and all that. But again, I saw you, the person outside of all the glam you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> and all the shiny Literally. objects and the pink things and the um and it's a completely different thing this completely different person in there so but what i'm saying is that the judgment would have kept me away from seeing that because right. i would be stuck in my judgment of you and not get that deep to see who you really are i think that's a lot of people i think they just yeah. judge the outer and mm-hmm. that's what's hard about being online or just being a person in general is like getting that past that initial judgment that's why it's hard for people to date in general. It's just like, especially on dating apps, you, you're you looking at a list of things and you're like, well, no, I don't like that about them. I don't like without having to like get to know them. Because like, oh yeah, on paper, it's completely different. Then if I met somebody that was exactly like me, um, so they would be like the same, basically, and it happened like the same person, right? Same interest, same everything. And it was just so boring. It was like yeah. being with myself, you know, there was nothing interesting, oh, there was nothing 
there was there wasn't any new thought or interesting idea or like everything was just the same. There was no challenge. Definitely no challenges. Yeah. And so, I think yeah, I, I yeah, I, I wouldn't know how to deal with that either, having someone exactly the same as you. I don't know. We have a balance. We have the yin and yang, which is mm-hmm. very Scorpion much you. Tours. Yes. It's very you vibes. What are your thoughts on thoughts? You said to not let your thoughts like guide you too much anyways in general about love, mm. but just also in life. Well, it's very clear and very easy. Every thought is a lie. Mm-hmm. There's not one thought in your head that is actually you or for you. They're all against you. So the only thing to go by is it's kind of like, you can say maybe a gut feeling. That's mm-hmm. the closest thing to describe it. Yeah. But it's not words in your head. If it's language in your head, in your, that's that's the opposite. Mm. That's like... Um, yeah, like if you if you see the world as like a spiritual world of like good and evil or God and the devil, whatever, evil is the thoughts. Right. And the goodness comes from within. Interesting. So like the thoughts, because we have them all the time, you know, and why do we have them all the time if they're like these inherently evil things? You know what I mean? Why can't we just like shut them off? Well, it's not, I mean, we don't have them all the time. It's more whether or not you tune into them. Yeah. So think about your head as like a radio. There's lots of channels broadcasting all the time. So, and you can tune into one of them and suddenly feel horrible about yourself, or you can tune in and feel happy about yourself, but they're both equally bad. Right. Like it's not you, it's a channel you're tuning into that's not you. So, the thought, it's always out there, and the key is just to not to ignore them. Well, actually, just ignore them. It's not about fighting them or trying to figure out what, like anything you'll do is just another thought. Right. <laughs> just let trying it pass. Trying to fight a thought. Right. Uh, yeah. So I usually say it's like the clouds. Just watch them. Let you them go. You love clouds. Like comments on the internet too. I don't listen to the good or bad really. I try yeah, not to interact too much the same, with them. <laughs> yeah. So you and just I, you just watch them go by. And as they go by, suddenly you find yourself. Suddenly you're like, oh, now I know who I am. I'm this thing that is watching the thoughts yeah i'm not the thought that is running myself my head i think that's like such a thing i learned later on i feel like i learned it later and that was like something you always kind of knew was like these things and we found and we both found that and i was like it it is so true when you stop listening to thoughts it's like Mm -hmm. you just can be you can just exist which is like kind of the beauty of life yeah and i didn't always know it i learned it later in life but i let i definitely let thoughts run my life for a long time and it was horrible it is it's like that's being like a prisoner in your own head, I feel, which I think is like mm-hmm. one of the beautiful things about you. Okay. Water. <laughs> why and where did it start? And what's your love for it? <laughs> Let's start with the why. Like why water? Yeah. Is it just like a cup of water? Is it any water you see? Does it excite no. you? <laughs> yes. Yes or no. no. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean the, the water is um, the water is the best symbol for our soul. Right. So even if you don't believe it, let's say you just want to use it as a placeholder, as a symbol mm-hmm. for the soul. Um, it's a good way to talk about the cycle of life and our spirit and our soul, who we are, what we are. But um, but I believe that the water is the soul. I think that's the actual thing. You know what I mean? So it's not the rocks. Like on Earth, when you think about the planet, there's water and there's rock. Mm. That was the beginning of life. There was nothing else. And then the water breaks down the rock and builds little things. And it builds plants and animals and people and, you know, the story of Genesis. So water is the thing that is alive and rock is the thing that is not. It's just passive. So I think we, 
grew up thinking the opposite, that, you know, we're ashes to ashes, dust to dust, but we're actually water to water. And for me, water is a symbol. Not only that, it's also the symbol of our equality, of how much we are the same. So mm -hmm. the water in your body is the same as the water in my body. Mm -hmm. The water in your body has been into millions of bodies before that. It's been here from the beginning of time. It's the same water. And on the other hand, the soil, which is our skin and bones and all the things, that's not who we are. So I'm not my body. I'm not the skin, whether I'm whatever race, gender, sexuality, all those things, that's mm -hmm. not who I am. My identity is my spirit, my soul. And my identity, it's easy to say it when you use water, is water. Right. That's what I identify it. So I don't identify with my body. I identify with the water. Where did that come from, though? Was it a, like a, a like a, just you're searching for something? You're like, okay, I don't feel like connected to this. Were you like searching for something that led you to that? Because that is, I love what you said. I think so many people can agree. Like we're not our body. We're not our gender. Like I agree with it, all that stuff like that, fluid, all of that stuff. But what was it that led you there? It's probably the initial search for, I don't know, we can say maybe God, maybe search for the magic in life, maybe search for the higher, mm. the something else, you know, what else is there that's bigger than me, that I belong to, that, um, what's, what's like the active force in nature, what's making everything, what's doing everything, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you're just seeking, you know, I was a seeker, so it's like, looking for meaning and wisdom and all those and you landed on water because of like genesis like you were saying you're like okay well that started it so we must be that like i'm just trying to feel how you got that well, element it was it was actually more scientific at the beginning because i studied architecture and then um my study was about trees like what if a tree is a building so who's building it hmm. so that's when i first came to water i was like wait water is what's building the tree like right. every cell in the building is a, like every cell, basically single cell is like our house. Right. It has walls, it has a shape, it has functions. But the thing that dwells in it that actually lives there is the water. And then all the pathways are pathways for water. So water is like the people or cars driving around, getting into the cells, living. So suddenly I realized, wait, the whole of nature is basically one big, like a city that's built by water. Yeah. And then, you know, as life evolves, it doesn't want to be like like a tree is stuck in one place and it's dependent on whether it's going to get the sun and the water and the food. So the next step is to basically be have freedom of movement. So we are walking trees, basically. That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense in that regard. Yeah, you can go to the water, get it. You can go and get the food. You yeah. Can, you know. Well, even, you know, we're pregnant now and like seeing like the baby be just in fluid, like it's literally in water. Yeah, we're still made in water. Like Your you water can't make breaks. babies yeah. without water. Like that's where babies are made. Life is made. Do you ever get sad that you'll never have your water break? <laughs> you can never feel the rush going well, through you? I was you? definitely sad um, the majority of my life that I could not have babies. Yeah. Actually? Yeah, because I was... Um, single. There was a point where I didn't think I would get married or I didn't think because I thought maybe I'll just all my life seek knowledge and mm -hmm. teach or... You're a seeker. Like I'm not going to be... I'm not going to settle down and have a family and kids and all that. So I thought... And I saw... I remember my neighbor. Um, she was very successful and she was single and she just went to the bank, got sperm and she had a baby. And I was like, wow, I can't <laughs> do that. Like that's right. really... 
Um, yeah. I mean, I guess you could find like a surrogate and stuff, but yeah, it's a whole different yeah, process. Yeah, back then there wasn't that, but also it's not the same. Yeah. yeah. But I just always meant like, like I just think like physically, because it is, when you talk about like the back to the water, I did, it is because my water did break, not everyone says, and it is kind of this weird thing where it's like rush of water. And then like, that means like, okay, baby's coming. Mm-hmm. And like when you talk about like the deepness of it all, like the, you know, all that, like it is weird that they're like breathing in water. Mm-hmm. Water births are like considered very natural because they're still breathing in the water. Right. So you're literally grown. You're literally growing yeah, in that. It's a little sea creature in there. Yeah. And I just feel like yeah. it is such a cool experience. So I was like, oh man, maybe you're sad that you never get to grow yeah. life in water in no, your absolutely. body. I remember one time I was, because uh, I used to give a lot of lectures, and one time it was in the kindergarten, and I showed them the pictures of the water and told them some stories about the water. And this one kid raised his hand. And was like, and I didn't even say anything about that. It was like, I remember when I was like a dolphin in my mama's belly. Really? And I was like, I was shocked because kids know. Kids know everything. You know, they forget it over time. Interesting. But it was like a three-year-old, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I feel like, yeah, you might. Some people can like recall those things. I mean, there's a reason I feel like we can't remember these things. We've talked about this because it get real spiritual, you know, like the secrets of the universe. Like when Malibu was first born, she really seemed to like know so much about where she just I mean, came she from. She would look at things and follow it. Like she, the yeah, she sees more and, than Oh, she would see stuff. And so it is it is interesting to see that. And you're just like, there's a reason we don't remember because I feel like you just came from this place. Like wherever you want to call it, but you came from somewhere and you don't remember it, but it's probably for a reason because you're not supposed to know the secrets of the universe, maybe too much knowledge. Well, we're here for a purpose. So basically while you do that, you're here to do a job. So when you do that job, you can't, like if you saw and knew everything, you wouldn't be able to function. That's basically... Yeah, because life is more about like the experience. It's like horses, you know, we put blinds on their sides because yeah. they get too stimulated. If they see too much, they get too stimulated oh, and I they didn't can't know. focus on the work. Yeah, that's why know. they have those... Oh. Things on the side. That's what I love about you. Just like random facts that you know. You're like, that's why the horse have blinders. Like, so okay. we have blinders too. And that's yeah. that's part of our journey here. So what age were you discovering the water philosophy? Because I don't think I've heard anybody. You know, I read so many of those books. Like, I don't think I've heard anyone. Do you know of anybody that you like watched? Yeah, I mean, now, now it's definitely more? more mainstream now. It started, well, when I was in college. So I was there from like 2002 to 2006. I was doing all the study. I think 2007, eight after I graduated was like the big breakthroughs mm-hmm. that I made in like the ideas that I was trying to um, get to or discover. And then 2013, the year of the water snake, that's when I discovered faces of water, how to photograph water. Like that came, to me, it was like a gift from water. It's like, okay, now that you know us here, you, oh, can, you can also see it. How did you remember 2013 was a water snake year? Because I just knew it was going to be the year of the water snake. I was like, something big is going to happen. And it happened in the first oh, day of the year. Oh, you knew. So it's kind of like us knowing it's like the wood dragon mm-hmm. this year. You knew it was going to be a water snake. So you're like, okay, something big is happening. Mm-hmm. And how old are you around this time? I'm a snake. Time? That's my year. Right. So you're like, this is going to be, yeah, I'm a dragon. So like, this is my, this is my year. You know, you're like aware of it. Um, but you're you're like fire snake. Is that what you are? Mm-hmm. So this is like water snakes. So you're like, okay, this is going to be a big year. And how old are you around this time? Probably 35 or something like that. Which is also was your best year. I didn't know. I wasn't doing the I math think in, in my general, head. in general, yeah. Most people, like, you come to your own at 35 because, like, that's when that's when the person you want to be and the person you are usually meet. Mm-hmm. So 35. I'm 35 right now and I test that. I'm like, oh, I'm such in a good place in life. Like, I feel, like, content. Like, I feel, like, you know, just good. Like, I just feel good existing. Because, yeah. and... like, 29 to 33, it's like the Jesus years. 
Right. You That's where be you discover crucified. everything yeah. and make it or break it kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then 35 is where everything kind of settles down and you're like, okay. Okay. Is, so 35, is. water snake year, and this is Face of Water, which always confused me when I met you. Your website is facesofwater.com, yeah. which is back up and running now, you guys. <laughs> I yeah, saw you working on it the other day. One. Yeah, I need to it's, revamp it. But it's an old one. But yeah, at least you can see images and stuff. There. Is it a literal? Okay, so... Well, we can just get into this then. So yeah. water photography, mm-hmm. this is an original. Yeah. No one else has done this. No. And so Faces of Water is the name for your, would you say for your photography or would you yeah. say for like the whole exhibit or your the, art? The project, that's what it shows, I think. So when I when I first saw it, so I, I used to do a lot of experiments in my apartment. It's almost like in a way kind of alchemy and stuff like that. So it's like. I used to just do a lot of experiments and it's very intuitive and it's it was like with water and different elements so I try different elements in the water and and plants and all kind of stuff and it was like a laboratory and then one day I did something and I saw it and I was like wait a minute no there's no way and then I repeated it again and again and again and I would literally see faces coming through the water I would see different shapes and forms, animals, plants, everything that you know in life coming through the water. And then, so immediately, I didn't even have to think about it. I was like, these are the faces of water. We are all different faces of water, you know, because it's like water is the thing and it comes through. And these are the faces. These are the expressions of water. So... Um, so, yeah, so I, I discovered that technique and, and, you know, people are always funny. They're like, wow, you didn't invent photographing water. I'm like, yeah, you can take a photo of the ocean. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is like water is clear. You can see through water, like yeah. light goes through water, which on its own, it's a magical thing. Like water is denser than this wall. How is light getting through it? Why? That's, that just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I realized that to see water, you have to capture the movements in the water, right? Because water is always moving. Mm-hmm. It's never standing still. And if you capture those movements that we don't see in the water, then you start actually seeing what form water has. Because it's not, because um, it's almost like the wind, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you can't capture it. So think it. about it like spirits, like the ocean is the pool of all the souls and the spirits, and they're swimming in the ocean and they're moving. And then you capture those. You capture yeah. those movements and... And each movement has a different character and intention, and that comes through. And uh, yeah. So you were able to be the first person to capture the movement of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before yeah. me, there was attempts of um, Masaru Emoto. He captured to. So again, you can't take pictures of water because light, every camera works with light. So you can't use cameras to take mm-hmm. pictures of water. So um, he froze the water into crystals. And he took dif- different. He took pictures of different crystals, and then he realized, like, once once you do work with water, that water is reactive and it's alive. And so he would play different music and different things and see how the water reacted. You know, that was big. You know, like mm-hmm. there was a bottle with the word "hate" on it or "love," or and then we take that water and freeze it and take pictures of the crystals. But um, but the flaw in all that is that you know it's like me telling you. Um, if you want to learn everything you need to know about the human body, here's a frozen body. Yeah. Water is about movement mm. and about and water needs temperature and heat to be alive. So 
he basically took away the temperature and the movement. So it didn't quite capture the same natural. Yeah, it definitely flow. water is so beautiful that in any form, so especially like snowflake crystals, mm. it's amazing. It's beautiful and you get a huge variety. So it's easy to assign any kind of character to that variety of shapes and forms, but right. it's not really capturing the spirit of water, you know. Right. So so there were different attempts and there's still people that freeze water and take pictures of it and different type of things, but um, what's unique to my method is that it captures it while it's actually moving, moving and alive. And you trademarked it. You never even talk, mm-hmm. you haven't talked about how you do it, but yeah, I don't tell how I do it because it's like you know that's my thing. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I know how. I think you finally told me. Did but, you tell me the full extent of it? Yeah, but I think what what you can know is that the film that is used to capture the water is affected. Normal film film is affected by light. Mm-hmm. It's actually silver. Like when you, we take photos, there's silver in there. And silver is sensitive to light. So when you take the picture, the light burns into the silver and you get an image, a negative of an image. And with water, the film that I invented is sensitive to movement because that's what you want to capture. But just water, just the, the movement. movement, not yeah. you moving. Like if you're moving, it's not. No, just yeah. water. And then the film itself has to be flexible to the movement too, because it needs to go into the water and capture a three-dimensional movement. So, so we have a liquid film that's sensitive to movement that goes into the water. Right. And the film itself is made out of nanoparticles, so it captures, you know, where are the pixels? <laughs> it captures. Oh Please put that in there. <laughs> it captures, <laughs> there's no pixels actually. There's no pixels because it's it's it captures movement. The movement to the <laughs> finest, smallest particle. So yeah. that's why the images are so fantastical. Like they're so fine. Like a lot of, when I started, people thought that I was painting them or that I was computer generating them. Like they were like, this is not real. Right. There's no place in the world that you can generate something like this to be real. It has to be made up. And you never showed yourself doing the technique because I feel like people, if they saw it, Yeah, get well, it. My, my plan was the evolution of the work is to um, do it live. Like basically like a big performance to have huge bodies of water and to do it live and to do it with people. How big? How big of bodies? We couldn't do like an ocean. Like people couldn't watch you in the ocean. No, like big tubs of water. Kind of like an exhibit. So I can basically make it on the spot. So I can make make a huge tub of water, capture the image, and then bring it straight out of the water onto the wall. That'd be really cool. So the plan was to... Be, be kind of a performance where that happens in front of your eyes. Right. When you see it happen, it is magical. It is mm-hmm. absolutely out of this world to see it form in front of your eyes. Especially if you like right away move it up mm-hmm. and you're just like, and how long, you said form, how long will it take to form? Is it instant? It's instant, yeah. So what you see when you bring it out is exactly what's going to stay mm-hmm. there. It doesn't just like, yeah, no. it doesn't continue to move or anything. No, it's instant. Because I don't, th- I don't think I've ever seen you do it. No, you haven't. I haven't taken images since. You should take an image of when my water broke. You should have gone in just there need and to capture some. Yeah, well, we didn't know at the beginning. You were like, "I'm not sure." Oh yeah, I, darn! Know. We really missed an opportunity there. That would have been, or if I did a water birth, that would have been really cool too. Because when I first came to your place, you had a book called Water Babies. Yeah. And I thought, oh, how interesting that is. And I guess knowing all this about you now, I mean, maybe I would have looked into water birth. Well, we had a juicy section anyways, but it'd have been interesting to get. I don't know if at the time of birth you'd want to be. Yeah, yeah, Filming. right. You want to be, I mean, <laughs> I am the kind of person that would. That would, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have the capacity to multitask and, and be both present to the birth and get the image. <laughs> or at least capture the water and then do it later, you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> that would have been cool though. But yeah, it, it can still happen. Oh, man. Do you ever see Pocahontas? 
the Disney movie. I think so. Did we watch it together? I don't know if together, but... There's a whole song about the thing I like most about rivers is you can't step in the same river twice. The water is always changing, oh, always yeah. flowing. You know that one? Well, I know the original quote. Like, they quoted a philosopher. Oh. Yeah. Really? Like, you never step in the same river twice. That's a quote. That's oh. a saying. Oh, my God. Disney stole the lyrics from somebody. Well, I mean, the concept is a concept. It's a philosophy, but yeah. But we watch a lot of Disney movies, and, like, the theme you notice, and I, like, never notice until you, is, like, everything is, like, kind of water-based. Oh, yeah. I mean, Frozen 2 is, they talk about water having memory and being alive. Um, Moana. Moana. When she... She's a little Moses. She parts the ocean. Yeah. You know. And seeing her her uh, yeah. grandma in the ocean, the spirit mm-hmm. literally come out of the mm-hmm. ocean. I'm getting chills now. No, it is. It's it's wild. Do you think they – and it's, it seems more recent in Disney movies, but I guess Pocahontas too. But it's like do you think there's some message like they're trying to put out? Or yeah. do, you, do you think it's deep like that or do you think it's like just mm-hmm. not that deep? It is. It's just, you know, when – the writers, the people that write are the people that are in tune with that knowledge. And then later on, it doesn't mean that every person in Disney understands it or the photographer or the editor or the animator, right. you know what I mean? Or the actors even. Mm-hmm. But that's why the writers are the important part of each story that's told. It's beautiful. I mean, the Moana one, because we're on a Moana kick right now, is like when she's in the ocean and her grandma that passed away like comes up and like presents herself like... It is cool to think that. I think that gives me like comfort in when anyone passes and, you know, if you go before me, whatever, you know, or just our daughter, you know, just knowing that like you're surrounded because people believe in spirits, but like there's a way to like be yeah. connected to we you right away. We never die. Water cannot die. There's no way to kill water. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. never die. Yeah, I guess on that then. So it's like, okay, well, let's let's stick with the faces of water because <laughs> then it gets too deep and then I get too sad about it. But I, I think it is like beautiful that is interesting. So, like, when you when anyone dies, you you think, okay, you get buried and then you go back into the. Well, ground. let's first look at physically what happens, right? You put the body in the ground, mm. and then the thing that leaves the body is the water. Right. Don't Everything else back. stays in place. Again, your skin, your bone, your hair, every all those things. Yeah. They stay there in place, but the water is the only thing that actually leaves your body. And then that goes immediately into the cycle of plants and animals and insects mm. and worms and whatever, you know. So yeah. that's why the Buddhists that are aware of that cycle, their choice is to skip that cycle and go straight to the clouds. So that's why some people mm. burn the body. They want to oh. clean. Basically, it's a cleansing almost. But then the water evaporates, goes back to the cloud. Mm. Um, but then you come back to the cycle again, rain, right. earth. But the thing is, if your body, if you bury the body, the water retains all those memories and takes it with it to the next cycle. Yeah. But if you burn the body, mm. it actually breaks all those memories. Mm. So it's kind of a yeah, cut. But then the you start fresh, you know, which again, I don't know which one. I mean, I probably would be preferred to be buried. Yeah. Go like back into the fire seems too violent for me. Oh, right. Like, oh, yeah, no. I mean. Teach their own, but yeah, that sounds that sounds um, scary. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if instead of cremation, if you could do like, like I could like liquefy you, like you know, take your liquid out and drain you. There's um, like an I keep it before you go underneath. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Wait, why? Because <laughs> that's horrible to keep a. It's like capturing oh, somebody's soul, and yeah, like that's that's. But I would keep your soul forever. 
Yeah, but be tortured in that container. Okay, okay, okay. You know you what I mean? Like, you, the you, want, you want the body to be uh, okay. free into the... No, but what you could do, for example, is like, let's say if you bury somebody in, a, in the ground and you plant a tree over it, then you know that some of that water mm. will, oh. you know, be part of that tree. So that, that's a, like a good, healthy way of doing it. It's very much like Little Shop of Horrors. He feeds her to the plant. And she's like, if you put me in the plant, then I'm part of the plant and I'll always be sure. around you. And I think that's kind of the same thing. That's really cute. I like that. Um, so your face of water, you do this. You're, you said you're in – is this in Koreatown, your apartment in Koreatown? Yeah, when I lived in Koreatown, I had a big space and I did all the experiments there. So are you just getting water from like the faucet to like – where are you seeing these faces and were you on any drugs when you saw the faces, like hallucinogens? You know, we talk about it. Yeah. No, no. This is totally sober. You were totally sober? No I mean, weed. you see the faces. It's not this, you see the faces in the images. Like I don't – Okay, you're talking about just what they them. look like. Like they look like faces, but they're not actual – You the way you described it was like faces like coming out at you. There's some actual faces. Like there's – but not like lifting from the thing. You're just seeing them in the water. Yeah, yeah. Nothing is lifting. The only time that it's lifting is if you use sound waves. When you use sound in the water, the water actually does dance and move up and down and you see those forms. But It, mo- it comes up? Yeah, it comes up and down. Like it, it has like little patterns in it, cymatics. How do you do the sound waves? I made a big speaker that is also kind of a tub. So you put the water in it and then you, you have a frequency generator. So you can generate the frequency. Mm-hmm. And the speaker vibrates and the water oh just dances. You just wanted to see the water dance? You're like, let me see how this water can well, dance. Well, now, so to your question is, you know, you start with just regular water, but then you realize, wait, each water has a different spirit to it, you know, and different amount of energy in it. So then I capture rainwater and ocean water and lake, you know, from the lakes and stuff like that. And and you realize that at the end that the best water is really like fresh rainwater or spring, you know. Water from the ocean has salt in it, and it's Mm -hmm. it's like images from the ocean. It's like SD compared to HD. You know, like they have too much grainy. Yeah, they're too grainy. But when you get fresh water, it's just so energetic and it's so fresh and Mm -hmm. so clean. Um, So that's really the best water to work with and also to drink, uh, fresh spring water. Mm -hmm. But if you create sound, so the the theories are that most of life was created by. Vibration. Mm. Vibration is sound. Sound is vibration. Vibrating in the water. And then those vibration creates form. It's like a 3D printer in the water. Yeah. So that's why I used sound. Sound was the most informative way. That would be the coolest to watch. Do you have a video of that? Because you used to film mm-hmm. YouTube videos. Yeah. It's online. videos, yeah. Cymatics videos. There's lots of them. Because you're fr- That's such a beautiful thing I was thinking about. Like I'm crying as I was thinking, like, you know, people always say there's like signs when someone leaves. There's a butterfly or like a cat named Tater Tot or something like that. And it's just like thinking like every time it rains, it could be like a connection to someone, you know, like that Definitely. could be someone. And yeah. Have you ever felt that? Have you felt, because you never, I've never heard you talk about that where you felt mm-hmm. something through water, through rain. Have you ever like yeah. physically felt anything? Yeah, a few times there were like really profound moments. Um, one, so there's one of the next projects I'm working on is basically a book, mm-hmm. right? But You've that, been working on it for before I met you. Yeah, but I mean, like as far as um, completing the project, so that whole project was just downloaded into my brain in an instance. Like I didn't even write it; it just was there suddenly. I was suddenly I was in the story, but that happened when I was like in the rain under this big magnolia tree oh, I and know. it was in the rain it was just like it was just like suddenly it just hit me and i was in the story i saw everything and then just by yourself were you mm-hmm. where were you were you here in the united states yeah yeah i That's, didn't know that so that was one what of the year is that 
probably, I don't know if it was 2016 or 17, no, before 17, so 15 or 16, that's when it happened. And um, and then after that, I was I was swimming in the ocean in the south of France. I was oh, in yeah. the water. The story is crazy. And um, I was just swimming. I was like, because it's been a while since I was in the ocean, because here it's so cold. Yeah. And I was like, Dirty. swimming in the ocean. I was like, you know what? Let me kind of be playful with the water. And I was like, okay, I'm here. Do you have anything to tell me, to say, you know? You're by yourself. Yeah. And I'm just like floating in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and and then I see something kind of floating in the water. And I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, it's trash. I should pick it up and take it back. Like I shouldn't leave it here. <laughs> so I pick up and it's a piece of paper. And because it was wet, I could see through it. And it, the word was on the other side of it, actually. So I saw a word that was mirrored, but my brain immediately. And it said love in Hebrew. In the middle of the ocean, right. in France. In France, yeah. And there was just a small piece of paper, and it said the word love in Hebrew, printed on it. And I still have it in, in my sketchbook. Here, I, I, mean, here? I always like to carry it with me from in the middle of the ocean. The thing is so brittle. You know, it's it, like it literally would dissolve in my hands. And yeah. That's so... So I was like... So for me, like for something like that, just one instance like that is like that entire trip was really about that one moment. And what did you take away from that? Like, did you take away something right away? Or you're like, oh, this is cool. I should just keep it. Or were you like, mm, this is something. This is I a was sign. Like, first of all, I was happy because I was like, okay. You, you were know, looking First for of sign. all, there is communication and the communication was love. I was like, what more, you know, we want to know that God is love and love is the force of nature. And it was just a little confirmation, you know. That's so interesting. Well, it fits our Valentine's Day theme. Love to you back then. What did it mean to you? Like seeing that, like you're like, what was your well, thoughts being, on love? Well, being, you know, when you're kind of like seeking for truth and knowledge, you also want to know, you know, is is this world about goodness or not? Is it our experience here? You know, like what is it about? So it's nice to know that it's, that love is there and it is the force. Because a lot of times there's so much hate in the world that you um, you start to doubt that. Right. Like, wait a minute. Maybe maybe it's not about love. Maybe it's really about whatever that is. So, um, so I think it's important to be reminded that love is the only way for us to be, you know, healthy in this world and staying in love, like in the path of love. Because mm-hmm. when something bad happens... It's really an attempt of hate to get you into their camp, basically. Yeah. So that's why it's so important not to fall into that trap. Because right now in the world, that's what you see right now. Right mm-hmm. now, there's so much hate happening. Yeah. And the problem is, like, I see everyone just falling into that trap. This is around your 35-year mm-hmm. water snake year. Okay. Yeah. So, but what did love mean to you at that time versus how you perceived love as, like, a teenager or a young adult versus love now at 35, what was the difference? What did you see? What did you perceive it as? Because when you're a teenager, love is more like, I don't know, lust and, mm. you know, um, love is more physical and um, it's very, yeah, it's almost like an instinct, almost like an animal instinct at that age. Yeah. And, and love is something that was... Um, you know, if you didn't receive enough love and attention at home, mm-hmm. love was filling in those gaps, which mm-hmm. is not good because it's a different type of love that when you're in a relationship. Um, but when I was older, realizing that 
love is basically no judgment. That's love. Mm. So not judging people is love. Like when we judge people, judgment is an act of hate. Right. So when we judge people, we're actually engaging in hate. And being a loving being is really loving everyone and not judging. Because every person in front of you is you in just a different version. It's like you would be that person if you grew up in that body. So you were thinking of it as like love that you put out. It's not the love that you receive at the time. You weren't like, oh. Right. It has nothing to do with what is received. Yeah. Interesting. It's more about how I perceive everyone else around me. So you just thought like I need to act out of love. You weren't thinking like I need love in my life. Right. Yeah. It was more I need to stop judging and being hateful. And then you start loving. And then love. Because when you, when you meet a person, there's love and hate inside of them. Mm-hmm. You can either communicate with the hate that's in them or you can communicate with the love that's mm-hmm. in them. So when you stop communicating with the hate that is people, suddenly the love starts replying and coming towards your way. Have you always felt loved your whole life? Um, yeah, but not by people. But you always felt like... Okay, explain that then. I always felt God by my side. Always. Okay. Do like you I always, always felt that somebody was watching over me. Mm-hmm. I always felt that somebody was, um, yeah, always, since I was a kid, I was always. It almost feels like it's like, a, for me, it feels like a human need, much like food or water or air. It's like love. It's like if you don't have it or you don't feel it. And I think what you said is so beautiful because like a lot of people don't have self-love or romantic love. And it's like, what's the other love you can find? And it's like, yes, yeah, someone or something watching over you. And I go back and forth with that too, because you were saying it's you always felt like God, so you felt like, what does that mean? Like a person or something, or just like the world loves you? Like how would you describe that? Yeah, cause I think when we were young, we feel a lot of times that we don't belong or alone, but that doesn't make. I was kind of logical. I was like, that doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. I'm in something, right? Like this world, this nature, this whole thing. Mm. I'm inside of it. I belong in it. It's mine. Mm. So Like here so, for a reason. Yeah, but also physically, mm. like this is your world. You're in it. Like it belongs to you and it's part of you and nobody's alone unless you're floating in space by yourself. So, you know, like okay. that's... So, to, to, so for any person that feels like I'm alone or by myself and all those things... Um, you kind of get to snap out of it and walk outside. Yeah. Hug a tree. I mean, if you can't, if you don't want people, that's fine too. I can understand that. But, <laughs> you know, get a pet, hug a tree, but know that you're belonging to something because mm-hmm. it, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Like in our body, if, if there's cells in your body that feel like they're not part of your body, then they start almost building their own entity. Right. That's cancer. Yeah. You know, so it's very important to belong to the body that you're inside of. So be like, this is your society. This is your culture. This is your world. You have to be part of it and a positive part in it. Belong, but not identify as that. Don't make it your whole identity is what you're saying. Definitely not. Yeah, because culture, I mean, cult, culture, you know, like <laughs> right. it's not, that's not your identity. Nothing, nothing physical is your identity. So, but when you see other people as not physical, then you get past everything. You know, I don't care what somebody looks like, what their orientation is, what their pronouns are. I don't care about those things because I see the person in there. And I think that's the biggest thing we deal with now is an identity crisis because so many people are, 
I think when we walked away from spirit, then people are like, but I don't feel like my body, but you know, maybe I'm an atheist, so I don't believe in anything else. So I'm like, so suddenly you're in a problem, like you have nowhere to go with it. Right. So you try to modify your body. I'm like, no, but you have a spirit. Like there is something that is not your body. You yeah. can have a feminine spirit in a male's body. Right. You can have a, a, you know, a more masculine spirit in a female body, and and that's fine. You know. And then if you want to modify the body, that's great. But but know that it, that yes, there is something else in that body. Yeah. And that's fine. Like there is something that is different. Different but same. I also feel too. I feel like everyone is like the same. You know, it's like so that to between find us, yeah, the human connection or. Yeah. But I'm saying between me, like my body is a vehicle and right. there's a spirit in it. Oh, that's separate. Yeah, my spirit could be um, a bit different than what you see as my vehicle. Right. Right. Very so, much so. Yeah. So that's that's what I mean. And and but if somebody doesn't think about the spirit, then yeah. all they have is the vehicle. And then I'm like, okay, you can do whatever you want to the vehicle, yeah. but you're still gonna feel. You know. Well, I think that's why people feel so ener- like energies, you know, like they feel like because it's kind of the spirit, you know what I mean? When you can feel someone's energy, you can feel like what they're feeling, the goodness, you know, it's like it can, yeah, it can change the way you perceive a person too, like their spirit versus their, like you said, the way they look. But I feel like love, like it's interesting, you got that, so you got that letter or you got the literally like a message in a bottle in the middle of the ocean um, at 35. So that message was for you to be like, okay, I need to start accepting be more accepting of other people. Now, how do you perceive love at this stage in your life? Like if you got that in the middle of the ocean now, like what would you take that as? You already know to accept everyone. Mm-hmm. And now love, there's literally a love sign there. Like what do you perceive it as if you just saw it like float down from the sky? Right. I mean, now my world is more focused on like you, Malibu, Elvis. Um, and it's a different type of love and different type of intensity too you know because mm-hmm. i think i think before that it was the fear of having something so important because when you have something that's so important to you there's suddenly you can also feel fear that something will happen to the thing that's so important to you right mm-hmm. so because it's easy to go about life without having that so so i think that's probably the when i think about love now i think about all of you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> Like that's kind of like the... Well, how do you... That's like a good... Not to get sad again about it, but you were saying like, how do you... Because I feel that way too. I feel like oh, love saved me and I do believe it. I think you saved me. I think Malibu saved me. And like love is like, to me is everything. I'm just like, oh man, like how did I function before self-love, romantic love? Like I'm just like, oh my God, how did I even function? Um, But then how do you... You said like the fear of losing it. How do you combat that? Like, I know it's your thoughts, but it's also like a feeling, right? Like, it's also like, well, not only a feeling, it's also a reality. It's like, oh, well, this, people do lose the love of their lives, watch The Golden Bachelor, and they lose the love. It's like, you know, how do you stop the fear? You just, you have to ignore it. Like you said, it's a thought in your head. So you have to ignore it because if you let that take over, you just lose the present time with the person you love. Right. <laughs> right. So I can either be worried about Malibu getting hurt or I can actually physically be there present to make sure mm-hmm. she doesn't, you know. But if I'm not present, I mean, my mind, sure enough, she'll stumble and fall and I won't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So being in the present moment, um, that's the best way. And then as parents, it's just knowing, you know, we're, no parent is perfect and there'll be mistakes and there'll be things. You just have to be, you know, not judge yourself and be graceful to yourself. Every parent, every parent does the best they can do. 
Yeah. Every parent in the world. The worst one you can think of, they did the best that they could do. That they could do, yeah. That's what they could do. That's mm-hmm. the best they could do. And for us, it's just to, you know, forgive and move on. How would you rate love and importance of like one to ten and like the theme of life, the scale of life, like how important is love in the whole grand scheme of it? It's beyond the scale. I mean, it's outside of the scale. You think it's... It's just its own thing. That's like I said, it's like that's the current in nature. That's the force of nature. That's what everything needs to be built on. What advice would you give people who don't feel it? Or I think, don't have um, it? Or don't think they have it? Right. So, so what happened is probably something bad happened to them. Mm. And what they don't know is they got hurt twice. Somebody hurt them, but then when somebody hurts you, now you judge that person and you hate that person. Mm. So that's how they also robbed you from staying in love. So the key is to find who hurt you, forgive them, and not take on the judgment and hate that you have towards them. You have to let that go because otherwise they just recruited you basically, you know. What if they let that go? Like, okay, I forgive my enemies. And they're like, damn, mm-hmm. no one loves me still. I'm still alone in this life. But that's that, that's a different story, right? So now, you know, what is for you to... I think I think when somebody finds love, self-love and love in the world, um, they don't feel alone anymore. Because anyway, I think walking into a relationship, you should feel whole and complete. Mm. You know, you shouldn't be in a relationship because you're alone. But I think I disagree with you there because I do feel like... I was such a shell of a person, and then like once I we found love, and like all, like I saw how much you loved me, I was like, oh, well, let me try and like get my life together. I feel like I was like completely shattered when we right, but were that's dating. that's what I was talking about. Like when you talk, when love talks to the love in the other person, then that love starts to take over, right? So it's not, it just it happened from this direction. But if it happened from your direction, it'd be the same outcome. If you taking out whatever you felt that was not good or not you that you didn't want to have in yourself right and finding yourself and then again love would appear it would be the same thing i just wish there was like some really great advice to give people because like for me i was just so desperate and so lonely and so miserable before i found you mm-hmm. and i just like wish there was like better advice i feel like you're the person to give it to someone who like is just struggling who thinks there's like no end in sight for them to find love that they're searching for yeah but i don't think i did that for you i think you did that so it's like i think that's well i think uh, divine intervention or whatever i think it just happened but like maybe not everyone finds that there's people because i always say you know i was 32 when i met you you know it was wild but then there's some people like 45 like i'm still waiting for my moses or for whatever Mm -hmm. and it's like and then some people are just single their whole lives and not by choice they don't want to be and so it's like what is the what's the advice to get through you have to let go of judgment because then, because probably everyone, because probably the person that's good for you and waiting for you is somebody you right now judge and think they're not the person for you. Right. So I think that's that's what it is. Like Maybe, yeah, I guess thinking about that as just being more open to people around you and things around you. And if you're searching for that romantic love, like it could be there and you're not seeing yeah. it. But it just, it takes time because first it's your work on your own because first... Most people think they're fine. They don't know they're hateful. They don't know they're judgmental. Most people don't know that. They just think I'm just, you know, they think it makes sense that I hate that person because they're a bad person. <laughs> you right. know, like they make 
um, we brand hate, you know. Yeah. So like a person is, I, I don't call anyone a brand, you know, like I don't call somebody a racist. I call them hateful. Mm. I don't call somebody um, transphobic. I call them hateful. Right. Because when you categorize it for that person, they're fine with it. They're like, yeah, I hate that group of people. I'm fine with it. Yeah. But when you tell them you're a hateful person, they're like, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Because they think, no, but I love my mom. I love my friends. I just hate those people. I'm like, no, then you hate everyone. I so, never understood this logic. You could try and explain it, but I'm like, no, but that's definitely yeah, not you true. You either love everybody or no, hate that's everyone. No, so not There's true because no I would, I would quiz you ground. on this. This is what I don't really get. Maybe <laughs> you guys can get it. Maybe you can talk through it more. But I'm just like, that's so not true because, yes, you can love your mom mm-hmm. and, like, hate someone who, like, you know – kill someone in your family or something. You know what I mean? There's no I loving that person. Them. I mean, then you must be the Pope because most people no, would. the Pope is not that great, but I wouldn't hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. No, all I'm saying is that that's the work. The work is to understand that, um, you know, if somebody did a crime, we have judges and we have prisons and we have laws and they'll get punished. And But for me now to turn into, a, to become a hateful person because somebody else is hateful, I'm, I'm getting punished. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not God. That's plain God. I'm not God. That's not my job to be, to to judge these people. You know what I mean? I think you can like dislike a lot of people and love some people. You can choose to spend time with people and not spend time with people. Right. You can choose, but I'm not going to judge them. I want to go down a list of people and see if you love all of them. That's what I would love I to do. I can tell you right now, yes. <laughs> no. I can tell there's you right difference. now. No. There's a difference. You between love everybody. Yes. There's a difference between... Um, Discernment is a difference between I don't want to hang out with somebody, I don't want to see them, I don't want to be near them. Right, and there's a difference there's between a loving everyone there, right? and just tolerating everyone. Okay, let, let's say there's, there's um, you know how like wounded animals, let's say there's a dog that's wounded yeah. and he bites everyone that comes near them. Right. Right? I'm not going to hate that dog, but I'm also not going to play with it because I know it'll bite me. But you're going to love that dog. Yeah, I don't hate it. Like I understand, but you're gonna love it. You're dog. gonna care for it, like you care for me I and Malibu. I care for it. It's not my friend. But you love it. If you love it, like you love me I and Malibu. I think you confusing the word love with loving somebody. Like that doesn't mean I have to embrace them and make love to them. <laughs> not with a wounded dog. <laughs> no, but I think that's where I the confusion is. I've heard you is. say that. Okay, yeah. I think that's where the confusion love. is. No, I'm joking. No. You that feel was, like a little. That was where the joke came through. The seriousness. That, of that was good. That's the most sense of humor I love. <laughs> um. Well, I guess it's we'll agree. to work on and think about. Like, it's not, it's not something that's <laughs> just like, oh, about yes. It. Every time we have this discussion since I met you, I'm like, mm, I don't know about this one. But I think maybe it's suggesting what you think the word love means. Right. Or maybe it is. Like I said, for me, the word love means no judgment. Accepting, no yeah. All right. Well, fair enough with that. <laughs> <laughs> From water to love. <laughs> Which is the same thing. A whole, <laughs> right. I guess in the way it's like life. And I feel like if you're here... You are loved. I mean, think about what brought you into this world. I mean, obviously, there's certain circumstances that maybe it wasn't love, but it was a love from a higher being that you were meant to be here. If you're here, I think you think about that, right? How many, again, just talking about trying to get pregnant, how many, like, what would you call it, cells or something don't make a life? They don't create a human. And it's like the fact that you were one of... A million. Yeah, you're the chosen one. You were the chosen one coming through. I mean, you have to believe you're here for a reason. And there's a love that's higher than you that brought you here. And like you were kind of saying, like the world is kind of like you're deserving to be in this world. And this world like wants you to win. And and also <clears throat> once you think about, again, the the advantage of 
or the positive side of thinking about water as you sow, that water now is going to come back, right? That's that suddenly you understand what reincarnation means, right? Yeah. It's a closed system. The water is not leaving this place. Mm-hmm. It's going to So while you're here, you better make this a better place for you to come back to. Right? Absolutely so, agreed with that. So there's no point going around breaking things and you know <laughs> You're coming right back. <laughs> <laughs> you're coming back to whatever you're leaving behind. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of like, you know, but I get it. So suddenly talking about life in the bigger scheme of things, life and death, the cycle of life is so easy when you have something tangible like water to describe it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter if you believe in it or not, use it as a symbol, as a way to understand life, you know. Mm. Before me and Malibu, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment in life? Faces of water and everything I've done with that. That's with what that you're word, most proud of. The book. With the water. And the then that, that book is, that's where all of that led to, is to that one book. And yeah, and I'm taking my time with it because I always, I always knew that I wanted to basically tell the story to, in this case, my daughter. Mm-hmm. And that would form the book. So... So yeah, I think that's how it will happen. But all the illustrations are done for it. All the like, the, it's it's there. It's pretty. I remember seeing them like early on from when we were mm-hmm. dating. It's really nice and it's very magical. It's cool too. It's like a story. I feel like just like not really been told, and it's something unique. Yeah, and this is just the the story has many depths and layers to it, and this is the short version of it. And there's the longer, deeper version of it because it expands infinitely to every direction. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, that's why I'm like, I have so much work ahead of me in my, you know, later years <laughs> to do and to enjoy because I enjoy working on it. So yeah, for me, it's something that I'm looking forward to. You think later on? You don't think what in a few mm-hmm. years, ten years? I don't know, maybe five to ten years. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's a life project. Right, so it's like my whole life. I'll, because I always think about it. I always develop it. So, Are you continuing to seek or you think you've sought it all and now you're like, I just got to write it all out for people? Yeah, I found it all. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just living it out. You think so? You think you're done yeah. being a seeker? Yeah, there's always new things that come up and things get more, you know, fine-tuned. But in general, I think, you know, the meaning of life. Like I found it, I'm leaving it, and this is it. So, what is the meaning of life for everyone who to is watching? To live life. <laughs> to live life. I think yeah. that's so simple, but like so true. Because it's like, you know, to be the best husband you can be, to be the best dad you can be, to have this, you know, mm-hmm. the, the life that we we're born into. Um, that that is the meaning. Because I met a lot of people in a lot of places that are seeking, and they constantly go in this. Chasing their yeah. own tail and constantly another, you know, like there's infinite enough, enough, uh, amount of workshops and conventions and things and mm. breakthroughs. and But at the end of the day, you're just, you're still living your life. Living your life until you don't. But you just <laughs> let somebody else consume it from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was always like that too. I feel like I was always chasing like a high or even now I still get in that thing of like, mm. okay, the next high, the next thing. But when I like stop truly, I'm just like, oh God, like. Life is so good now. You know, we always, I always talk about like, if I have a TV show and if we're traveling. But it's like I love our little routine. I love like I love waking up in the morning and just like laying in bed. Malibu's up, got a feeder. She wants the tea on. She runs around brushing teeth with us, like seeing you. Like I love yeah, that. Like The good life doesn't have highs and lows. Right. It's just 
every day it's is a, a good constant. life. And then you realize that constant is one long high. It, it is. Waking up, but, like having that in the morning is the best. It's like, oh, this is so great. Having your little foot in your mouth, you know, like all this little stuff like that. It's just like, oh, it's like, or night. I love our nighttime routine. When the day is over, it's just like so nice. It's like, okay, we're going to take a <laughs> bath. They're going to, you know. <laughs> explain the food. The food? Wait, what? The explain food, the food? The food. The foot in my mouth? <laughs> I, her feet are always, they're always in my face. <laughs> when we sleep, for some reason, she always finds her way. Between us and horizontal between us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So either her head is on her, her legs are on me. I always get the foot. her head is on me, her legs. I always have a foot in my so face. It's like I feel a little fit digging into my bag. Or, oh, me too. Always. Or, I got to block it. I sleep like this, blocking my stomach in this. And I love the little foot. And I get so excited. And I see those little feet. I'm like, give me those little feet. They're so cute. Because we saw them in the womb. And they're just so cute. I love it. And that's... Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know how, yeah, but it just, I, anyways, it's just so beautiful. And then at night too, we just have our little routine and like eating and cooking dinner and watching TV and then Malibu goes to sleep. And then, yeah, I remember we were in like Ferrero Rocher watching RuPaul and I was just like, oh God, this is like the life of poetry. It feels like a sleepover. I'm like, God, we get to have a sleepover. I always loved when you slept over at my house and I was just like, it feels like a one long sleepover where you yeah. never go back to your house. Well, we're in our house, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. I would always be so sad when you'd go back, and I'd feel so alone. I'm like, God, this is like every day, yeah. and it's so fun. Marriage is one long sleepover. Marriage is one long sleepover, and it's really, really fun. And then when you have kids, it's just yeah, it's like the little things, like taking her to her gym class or something like that, and just that's fun. I love seeing her in gym class. I love seeing her because she's just so excited. Like. Oh, it's just so beautiful to see kids just be excited to just see bubbles and. I don't know, just, you know, just dance well, and thing. run when around. You, when you see a child, you see that love we talk about before anyone tempered with it. Yeah. It's before so... any hateful, you know, something that has a spirit of hate tried to interfere. It's And at that age, like the day she's not even two yet, it's like just seeing everyone just so happy and sweet to each other and just enjoying running around together is just like mm-hmm. such a beautiful, simple thing. And I'm like, oh, I love it so much. I think it's great. It's the best. <laughs> We're going to have one more running around. I know. It's just, it's so much fun. I know. You just like, kind of don't want to even stop. It's just like so much fun to see them blossom and become this person. Yeah. Especially when you have such an amazing kid. You're like, okay, let's, it's kind of like in that excitement. It's kind of, it's almost like in a small scale when you take a photo and then you get to see it. Here it's like, you get to see it every day, all day, changing and evolving, and and it's like mm. discovery. Like you always amazing. And you're like, what will the next one be like? And what did that look a like? Completely different. Would, who knows? It's like, what is one thing that you would hope our daughters would get from you, like inherit from you? I don't know. I mean, I think I'm creative, and um, it's that sense of creativity because it always gives you. I don't know, joy and excitement and doing things. Um, maybe the, probably like the independence, independence and creativity. It is. It's so important. And the way you have your independence is like amazing. Like you're really, you are, you are a person. We're so different this way where you're okay being alone. Like before mm-hmm. we met and stuff like that, like you're, you said you were completely fine being alone. You have happiness, you had joy, you had stuff that inspired you before. Whereas me, I was just like a shell, nothing inspired me. So I do hope they get that from you where they don't yeah, need. Yeah, because that's, that's a, usually a good place to enter a relationship from. Mm-hmm. I think you attract then better too when people see, oh, she they don't need anything from me. I have yeah. to enhance their life in some way. 
I think that's a big one. Well, she definitely gets her creativity from you with her painting and stuff like that. For me too. You're a creative. We're both. Well, we're both a creative type, which is so interesting. So that is like one thing I was so interested. Like I still can't fathom. We talk about on Hot Topics and joke about how like people really are fans of you. Like you had fans. Like there was like a little <laughs> – there was a group of people that went to your art shows and stuff that weren't just your friends. Like they admired your work. What is that like? You had fame in like a different aspect in a way. Like you had like fame in like, I guess, would you say the art world or the water world? Like, Yeah, but I think it's, again, it's different because your fame is people are fans of you, the person. In my world, nobody knew anything about my private life, personal life, who I am, what I am. They like the work. They like the images of the water. They like the lectures. They like the knowledge. So they were attracted to the work and the knowledge, not to me. You know what I mean? I can't it's not. It's that. not personal. It's not personal. But isn't it somewhat like people who like Tony Robbins or you know Abraham Hicks or something? You know, they they get attached to the person. Like people like Esther Hicks. There's some and... people that try and they want to, but I'm kind of like Teflon, nonstick. Isn't Teflon cancerous too? <laughs> I feel like that's like not good for but you. But in this sense, the metaphor is being nonstick. Okay. Like I'm not. You can, you, like, I'm not a person that people can stick to. You know what I mean? Like, they can try, but it just doesn't work. Because you just can't. You're not going to find a way to enter my life further than that, what I present, right? So you come right. to a show, you see the work, and that's where it ends. A famous quote by Moses in one of our recent Hot Topics is, <laughs> a fan came up to him and said, I love your work, and he walked away and ignored them. So. <laughs> well, I wasn't <laughs> can't that, can't that, stick to you. <laughs> Do you want like to clarify? Ignoring them. Don't ever say you're a fan of Moses. He'll just ignore you. It just I move on very quickly from that. What was your I made it moment as in that world? But again, before me and Malibu, like where you're like, okay, I've accomplished, I've accomplished something good here. Was there something where you're like, this is it? For me, I'll just tell you, it sticks out as your uh, your exhibit at the airport. I was like, oh, that's mm -hmm. so cool. Because again, I'm someone who thinks that stuff is so cool. Like if your artwork was in LAX now, right. Yeah. I'd be so excited, you know, I'd be, oh my God, I'd be there like every day, like taking pictures and TikToks and. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, the moment was between me and myself when I discovered the photography and started mm. doing that. Um, then there was, it was just constant moments because then um, I did my first big exhibit and I remember that night coming back home and being kind of like, wow, I can't believe this happened you know it was a huge exhibit and i think just the prints all the prints was like twenty thousand dollars to make how did you get that money all the you prints. just had the money back then or you no people this was before gofundme but people, people did it like investors it. yeah they wanted this to happen wow. so that's that's where i felt like okay life is pushing this up and me up the original patreon <laughs> so yeah so that that was like one of the things um Eliak exhibit there's always those moments there's always been exhibits um, I worked with different dance companies and music and tours and just being, we did so many shows in so many different amazing places and it always felt, every, so for me every year felt like that moment. Yeah, you have like a little win each year. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm on the right path. Well, I was, I was very proud of you still for the LAX thing. I think that's cool. <laughs> I would have definitely been flexing. I still am. I'm like, that's so cool that you did that. I think that kind of stuff is. That was a beautiful exhibit. What was cool is that the curator of the exhibit came to my studio and they just wanted one piece. And then when he saw the work, they switched it up. And I got four main pieces to have in an entire wall. 
And um, yeah, that, so it's kind of cool when the people that do it are excited. They of see course, your work and yeah. they're like, oh, wow, we want more. And yeah, I just, for me, art has always been a joy and a, it's almost like not work. So I never, I never pursued or tried to advertise my work. Or like never, a full-time artist or anything. Yeah, but also like all the shows that I got is people that came to me. I never, like I, I don't go out there and try to plug my work in and stuff like that. So it's always been nice. It's always been people that showed interest and wanted it to happen. One highlight was also Wired magazine. It's like oh, a I science know. magazine. So when I first discovered it, there was an article in Wired magazine about it. And they didn't interview you? They just wrote about it? There was some questions and images. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, it's been in lots of newspapers and magazines it's since so I've cool. done it. it was... I feel like seeing you in like print like that, like newspaper is so cool. To me, it's yeah. so cool to be like magazines. Like, oh my God, it's so cool. So I have, I have lots of, like in Germany, in one of the main newspapers, it was like cover and photos wow. and spreads and it's, it's really You have fun. all of them? You kept yeah. all of them? Yeah. See, so we had a lot of parallels, both <laughs> <Yeah>. cover stars. <laughs> Mine wasn't until I met you, actually. I think all my accolades came after I met you. You really only elevated, even what I've already been doing before I met you. Now everything is, look at this, the set. It's microphones, it's cameras, it's lights. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's all it's all Moses. Every time people come to the set, he changes it up. Actually, Irma was here uh, taking photos of us earlier, and she was moving this chair. And she goes, it's a lot of work. And she's she's fit. She's like a fit person. She's like, this is a lot of work, moving it back and forth. I mean, Moses does it all the time with the guests and then changing up the sets and the set every time it's, it's fun you're so yesterday it was emo set <laughs> that was a good one it's <laughs> just all my chemical parts. you're so talented in so many ways that's like truly i mean it's why i'm like always in awe of you to this day like all the stuff you can do i'm always like it's amazing i think every my dad always says it he's just like what moses can't do like he always <laughs> says that and it's true it's like what the way you just naturally get you're good at everything. Like you're naturally good at being a dad. You're naturally, you can just do all the technical stuff. You can do the art stuff. You can be in front of the camera. You can be behind the camera. It's like, it's really amazing. I've never met anyone like you who can do all the sides and like all the sides and enjoy all of it too. I think you, because I think you're just as good in front of the camera. Not even like this, but even taking pictures, like lip syncs on TikTok, acting like you're just so good in front. I always say that about you. I'm like, you should have been, I still think you'll be an actor. I think you'll still get that movie role at like 60 playing Moses or something. <laughs> or maybe now. We'll be together. <laughs> Play Moses acting. and Sephora. <laughs> I don't think I'd be casted as Sephora. Could you imagine if they casted me as Sephora? <laughs> I think there'd be a little bit of an uproar, but hey, I'd be... I'd be down. I don't know who I could be in that, but <laughs> I was I would be down for it. What do you think? Um No, you could be the Egyptian queen that gets Moses from the river. I don't think I could be Egyptian either, babe. I don't think that applies <laughs> anymore. I think you have to I don't we know. We haven't done your twenty three and me yet, so okay. we'll see. If it's in my lineage, then maybe. <laughs> what do you think? Um if you had social media back in your twenties, would you have embraced it? Yeah. Yeah, you think you would have been on it? Because you weren't on it that much when I met you. Like you weren't. Well, Facebook. Shout out to Moses. I do still have it. Should we shout it out? What is it? Face of water. Yeah, there's faces of water. Are you still active? Because when I met you, you were very much into posting. I guess that's where you found a lot of your fandom. I guess or like posting a bunch yeah, of stuff. Because at the time on on Facebook, there was a short period of time when it started that it was organic. So like if I posted something, people actually saw it. And now it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You kind of have to promote your page for people to see it. So anyway, so at the beginning, um, you know, there was like over probably 20,000 people that liked Faces of Water and followed it. And when you would post a, a picture, lot. you would get 400, 500 likes to a picture. For me, that's a lot. 20,000 is a lot, yeah. Yeah, because I'm not 
and and it was really organic and it was just about the images and the water and and the comments and so it was nice it was nice to get that community to get the comments and the interaction and um because i think it is the work itself of the water it has its own beauty and magic to it so people were just in awe from the thing yeah so that was fun. So Facebook, I was definitely early adopter. When it came out, I was on it. That is true. And YouTube, too, you were. Yeah, 2006. I just like... So I have a background of photography, so both still and mm. photos. So for me, I was I was on Flickr, like posting photos, Flickr. you know. Yeah. So I would just take photos and post them. I have tons of albums of po photos from whatever, you know. So for me, it was like as a photographer. So again, it's always been about the work, the image. It was never me like yeah that's what i never i didn't even know um i guess when i joined youtube it was always about the content i didn't know what a youtuber was yet right and, I, and it was also forming at the time like it took a minute i guess you were in your 20s when you started youtube right late 20s but a meaning in the sense of like being a person in front of a camera but you were you would film yourself you remember the or, iPhone is my editor? Maybe I should yeah. hire it. Well, yeah, but I would do little things. But that was just little things. But but I didn't systematically um, share my life with people. Right. You or, weren't sharing. I was who you open were. to, you know, people couldn't see who I am and like it or dislike it. Right. right? So that's kind of what a YouTuber is. People have watched them because they love them or they hate them, but they watch them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it was just a place to post. I always like to post pictures. Even on Facebook, I would do that, post pictures of my, of you know, personal life photos that I took or for the of the water. Um, but I would definitely adopt it, but I wouldn't be in front of the camera. Right. Like now. Yeah. I would probably find ways to make art through using the platform, you know, be creative about using yeah, the platform. I guess, yeah. I guess you kind of did adapt early to every social media. I guess that answers my question. It's like you already did that. Which is interesting. And then the water droplets formed and they like you for you. They like the Moses. <laughs> and now they're getting, they want to know about your art. Now it's like the opposite. It's like people know you. It's kind of like this interview. Right. It's like people just know you as being the wonderful husband to me. But I mean, you do have so much more lore, I guess, is the new trending word everyone's <laughs> using. When I was up with Tana at the Madonna Inn, everything was lore, like the Trish lore, the pink lore, the Madonna Inn lore. I was like the, the Cinnabon role. Well, it's time for Coded to go. So yeah. Coded, yeah. <laughs> it's about time to move from Coded to the lore. The lore. I know. I was like, yeah. what's the difference? Now that everything is coded, let's... Well, there's a lot of Moses lore and one of our fan questions, I already know it off the top of my head, but I wrote it. I always write notes and the reason I write notes is because I like to like refresh myself, but I know everything. So a lot of people don't even look at these, but I have these notes. I don't know if you want to keep these or full, give them out to our Patreon, but Moses likes to keep oh. little notes. Um, this goes to our Patreons. Yeah? Yeah. It's, you don't want to keep one of your art interview together? You we got to be uh, true to our commitment to our Patreon. Well, there's a lot. We can always keep like the first Valentine's <laughs> Day episode one or something. But a uh, question was from one of the water droplets. Uh, they wanted to know about your Burning Man days. Oh. Which is a whole different Moses than I would know. I feel like it's a whole different Moses than like the water, the solitude, the floating in the ocean alone Moses. This is like you're with friends. You're cooking bacon. Post-vegetarian. Wait, did you make bacon, right? <laughs> and somebody, that was my first. Oh, oh, that's what it was. I was vegetarian <laughs> for 15 years. That was my first meal. My first time eating meat was at Burning Man. Okay, I thought you were bacon. making the bacon. I don't know why I had that memory. Oh, yeah, but close. After that, I would. Facts you didn't know about Moses. He was a vegetarian for 15 years, mm -hmm. which broke your father's heart when he was alive because <laughs> your mom was telling me he used to make really great meat. Yeah. And everybody was vegetarian. And he's like, what the? And you said your dad was such a good cook. And I'm like, Amazing. you didn't yeah. 
eat his... No, well, luckily I became vegetarian when I was like, kind of when I left home. It was later. So <laughs> I grew up most of, my, most of my life growing up at the house. I did eat all You the, did eat the meat. Yeah, but my mom and dad are amazing. She said cooks. he'd be so like upset when the kids would eat his food, his meat, and because everyone was vegetarian. Yeah, it was funny. Cause, like, I would come back home after mm. a long time, you know, being away for a year or two. And to celebrate, you would do like a barbecue. Oh, and you couldn't even just one day be like, I'm going to eat some meat today. I had the fries, the salads. The... Oh, doesn't that make you sad now? Because then you're most such a meat eater now. Like you're like, you only eat meat. Like if I'm like, I'm going to have pasta, you'll be like, I'm going to make no, lamb or steak. being vegetarian for that long kind of um, reset my body to a place where the amount of meat that I eat now is the right amount for me. And then, and actually I eat more fish and seafood than meat. I feel like your meat, it's steak and lamb. I feel like you're always eating that. It looks like it, but it's not Chicken always. liver, chicken hearts. Yeah, but that's also healthy. So, I'm no, not but saying I mean, it's not healthy. I'm but, just saying you're but so meat-based. Like before that, when you say meat, I guess I think about steak, you know. But um, <laughs> before that, steak. I used to eat more just red meat. But when I stopped being vegetarian, I first became pescatarian. So I ate just fish mm. and... Anyway, just it was a good journey for me to a place where I found what diet is good for me. Yeah. Like I mean, that's... we used to eat a lot of spicy food growing up and mm -hmm. it was really not good for me. And I didn't really know that. You right. know what I mean? Until I kind of cleansed my body and then started introducing each thing on its own. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That makes me feel awful. Right. Just kind so, of figure out. I guess it's for yeah. everyone what was right for you, what diet is right for but you. But it's, it's good to just do resets and then finding out. Right. Things. That's why people do like water cleanses and stuff. They just mm -hmm. do that. So, so Burning Man. So what <laughs> years are you going to Burning Man? What year are we in? We're post-35. Well, I guess so during, during college, I had a lot of friends that would go to like full moon gatherings here. What is that? So it just, you know, they pick a location out in the desert. Nobody knows about it oh. until the day of the party. Sounds a little sacrificial. <laughs> No. <laughs> like, let's all go out to the middle of the no, it's nowhere. because it's illegal. Okay. So <laughs> you, don't you. Want, you don't want the police showing up knowing where you are. Okay. Why is it illegal? Because you don't Am own the allowed? land. Sorry. Why is it illegal? Because you don't own the land. Like, Got you know it. what I mean? Like, you can get... Yeah. So you want to be out in nature, but it's not like you own a piece of land out in nature. What if you did? You know some great. people who own some, some people, there, there have been some events we go to on ranches. Okay, There's a few illegal. famous ranches around LA <laughs> that people go to. But anyway, we go to full moon gathering. So it, that's during college because I didn't have time to go to Burning Man. That's a long period of time. It's very expensive and I couldn't afford it in college. Which is surprising that Burning Man's expensive because everyone just looks dirty and just... <laughs> but it's all like rich people out there. <laughs> yeah, it's not cheap to be homeless. <laughs> well, that's um, true. That's true. But... Yeah, because you, you drive far, you have to bring with you everything you need. It's a lot of equipment, it's a lot of um, food and water and costumes and whatever you do there, you know, and bicycles and it's just a lot, you know. And we would go like 30 people with two, three trucks full of equipment and build a whole little city there. And what was your role? Same here. I would be like kind of like design... <laughs> Um, design, problem solving, building stuff. We designed one art car. We we just did a lot of different things. But I would just do the best I could. But in, with everything. But there was, <laughs> <laughs> I had this thing where you know we would create a lot of spaces, but I would come in and make them kind of like very cozy and loungy. You know, like yeah, 
the pillows and the fabrics and the decor and the you know make it, make it a little psychedelic and fun. Oh, um, a little psychedelic. Okay, was that your design? Well, that's you? the spirit of the place. Okay, you know, I always fit to the place. Like this is not my design either. You know what I mean? Yeah. That fits your like a good designer makes what their client need right that's what they want that was the aesthetic of the that burning of man the place, yeah. yeah so um so and i remember i think one time i was sitting <laughs> in that lounge and behind me was a big buddha that i hung over there and you know the buddha sits like this mm-hmm. and i i had a joint and i was holding it like this and it looked like the buddha was taking <laughs> it out of my hand and that's when my friend was like Tricky Buddha, and that was my name. Like every person has a name at Burning Man. Oh, I Man. didn't know this. You were Tricky Buddha. Yeah. Okay, that, that I didn't know. I never knew. This. I don't think you've ever told me that story. Tricky B. Wait, why Tricky Buddha? Why were you tricky? Because you're sitting in front of a Buddha, but why were you tricky? Because no, you know me. <laughs> it's not what you see is not what you get. Okay, <laughs> so like... I love that. Did was the, the person who coined that term at our wedding or no? No, you couldn't make it. Oh, oh, but you, but might you heard have... about him, Zeth. You heard about him. Oh, okay. Love the name. It's everything. Yeah. Tricky Buddha. Well, that's a new thing now people so that's can... something about Burning Man. That's know. a Moses lore right there. If anybody wants to be like Moses hardcore water droplet, you can just like comment Tricky Buddha into his Instagram. Of, there's lots of photos from Burning Man and, you know, we'd make my own clothes and stuff. I mean, I love... I just love it. It's really... Burning Man is about expression, self-expression. And I felt that was the most myself out there. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I just felt like the desert biblical Moses out there. Yeah. You just know, like nature. The just clothing natural. and the thing and the dust and the freedom and the openness. And and Burning Man is really about, let's say, you know, if you know Coachella, Coachella is about music and you're kind of confined in a space surrounded by sound stages and you watch mm-hmm. shows. Burning Man is about art. So it's kind of the opposite. It's boundless. It's open. And you travel and you see things that you'll never see anywhere else. But it's about the art is more than the music. Huge sculptures, beautiful things out in nature. Um, and as a sculptor, like I am consider myself a sculptor, um, seeing sculptures outside of a gallery, out in nature, like that in the open space. Yeah, that'd be cool. That was just so, I mean, I just remember the first time I got there, got on my bike and just rode into the, you know, mm. the desert. It's There's like no bigger joy than that, yeah. So I I just loved it. It's always changing. Like mm-hmm. there's one saying at Burning Man, it's like last year was better. Last it's always, year was better. Yeah, because it's always changing. Okay. And see. if you're not somebody mm-hmm. that adapts to change right. and you only live in your memory. Like, oh, it wasn't yeah, like the last first year. time was the most amazing time. Yeah. But then it's just a thing, you know, you enjoy it. But so it's it's something like that. So I don't know. Today it will be different than what I experienced. Mm-hmm. And somebody might go and not like it or whatever. But or if you went, I wonder I if you would what like it. it. Is. Well, I know what it is. I would like it because I would yeah. know that I don't know what it's going to be exactly, but how to adapt. That's and one thing we should have done together pre-kids. We should have done. I guess we were in quarantine. I they didn't don't know. Happen, huh? You would last maybe a day. At that Burning is Man. not true. I feel like if I was with you, especially in my like in our younger years together, I feel like I was more. But there's Woo. sometimes, right, but you can land on a few good days, but it could be like two, three days of just dust storms. and. Oh, Yeah. Like, or the, like last the last Coachella, one, yeah. The mud and the rain. Where people were, like, hitching rides back. Who was it? Like, some celebrities were just, like, trying to find rides yeah, back or something. Yeah, it was that something. DJ and somebody else. But it wasn't, like, David so, Spade or someone random like that. I mean, it's him. hard to predict. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. for you it needs to be more predictable of knowing how it's going to be. I think when I first met you, I wouldn't have been like that because I liked being more, you know, it was more fun back then. I was like, let's do this. Let's do that. Like, I just felt a little more wild and free. But I think I, I still think we will go. 
Wait, with Malibu, you, you know, people know, take their they, kids to Coachella. Like, all my all my friends took their kids to Burning Man. Okay, so but we'll I go think, as a family you know, <laughs> with an RV and just having a little bit more options. You yeah, know, if you need to, a little escape, elevated. <laughs> if you need to escape the dust into an RV or have a shower, like it, it will be possible. I don't mind the not showering part. That part kind of appeals to me a little bit. I'm not a big shower. I mean, I do because of you, really. But I, uh, I just don't like to shower that much. Yeah. Well, actually, there's something like Burning Man, the dust over there, it's almost like pudra. It's like very fine dust. Oh, okay. And what happens is it goes over your body and, and kind of absorbs all the oils oh. and falls off. You always clean. Like Interesting. It, you know That's what I mean? Weird. It's like it's like you always your body's always clean. Like you're you're actually not dirty at Burning Man. You look dusty, but you're not dirty. Right, you're not dirty. Moses loves to shower. He's a shower because you meditate well, that's the shower. My you yeah. you you do a whole ritual when you get out of the shower. You do, do you like get the well, water I can teach off? you that when let's, you're done. <laughs> when you're, yeah, let's see. Do you want me to hold your microphone? Or are you going to do no, your full? Okay. It, but they did. We should show it too. When, when you're done showering before you use the towel. So what you want to do is kind of um, think about it. Everything that happened, people, things, whatever was said and done, you're breaking the ties between you and that, you know, whatever that energy you know, sometimes you walk into a room, you talk to people, and you feel like something stayed with you. And so, okay, so. Yeah. Let's see. This is Moses' shower ritual. <laughs> you will do it like, you start with the top. So, like, I wipe, you just wipe the water off, you're like squeegee. So, you wipe it off your face, your arms. But the intention and the thought is about cutting the ties between whatever that thing that attaches to your body. You're releasing. So, I just do that w with my whole body. Head to toe. Always. You always do it before the towel. Yeah. And also, I don't know why. I like. I don't like to be too wet when I dry myself with a towel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you said it has nothing to do with your body here because you use two towels. And I'm like, why do you use two towels? Oh. No, I just... Right? Oh, I think <laughs> I you said because you make hair. it wetter. Because you, you, you don't have a ton of body hair. You have very no, little, but... No, I just don't think that... Oh. <laughs> it was something else. I think it was a different conversation. Okay. I'm like, why do you use two towels? And you're like, why well, have body hair? And you like don't or something. Because I, I use one. That was something else. Oh, okay. I don't remember. But I just love... Actually, I used to use three. Really? Oh, for I hair. Because I love putting a towel over my shoulder, and around my waist, and then one on the front that I would, you know, so I would actually look like a desert person, you know, with <laughs> All <laughs> with of it. Towels. You can use three still if you want. <laughs> <laughs> you only use two. Two. Well, I think it's warm, so I don't usually need... To fully cover myself. Right. Sometimes. <laughs> I, that's one of our little simplicity joys, I feel, is like when we do get time to shower together, which is like rare. But I miss that because, yeah, I think that's our manifesting time. Yeah. When we're in the shower we together. We talk, clear-minded. Mm -hmm. We're cleansing together. I do. Yeah. I, and I well, now, now we do that when we take walks around the lake. We That's our manifesting time. Oh, so soon we'll get to be on the lake in the boat, yeah. Christmas lights. It is great. It is it is so wonderful. I do love it. I do love – water is calming, but water's always been calming to me. I always love it at the beach and stuff. I always just like being around mm -hmm. water and stuff. It's very, very soothing. Um, another one of our questions – I love fan questions because you reminded me when you were saying – you build to the client, like, you know, the set and stuff like that. Someone was asking if you still build furniture. Yeah. I have this somewhere. Yeah. So I, since I graduated, I've been designing, you know, work with different people, but then on my own and just designing furniture, most of them like high and large size furniture. And it's kind of like tailoring suits or clothes to a person, you know, you just make them 
to fit the project, the site you're on and the person. I think a good designer is the designer that doesn't like exist, you know? Right. Everything is about the person that you make it for and the space it's in. So, yeah, so my, my clients will kind of like come and go and it shifts, you know, usually they'll get a new house and then suddenly I have to make lots of furniture or for their offices and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a few clients that just always come back to me and we make things happen and every piece is one of a kind and it's always exciting. Did you and ever design always, stuff for yourself? Oh, sorry, go ahead. And I always get pictures of them using it and enjoying it or the kids playing with it or something. Like it's fun to Those see. Those are fun to see, yeah, when you can like see people. How much people like them. You've built some them. really cool like interchangeable furniture. Like very cool mm-hmm. where like, like you said, kids can kind of climb on it. They can build like different shapes and stuff. It's really neat. Is there any... Did you ever design furniture for yourself besides our house, before our house? No, only when we got married. You never did a piece for yourself ever. Not really, because, I mean, I would think maybe if I, you know, had, I don't know, like the museum or like then I would have designed Mm -hmm. pieces for that. Or if I had a showroom, you know, maybe I would make some pieces and then. But that just never happened. I was always busy. Yeah. I never had the time to. Or a place of my own, you know, like to have a place where this is my house. I'm going to design furniture for this house that will stay here. Right, because... Because before that, I moved a lot and moving is horrible as it is. Yeah. So you want to minimize the amount of stuff you move. We couldn't move out of our house because our furniture is so massive and just like stuck. Our stone table, our huge couch, I had to be airlifted in basically. So it's wild. Um, Were you always doing oversized furniture? Yeah. Yeah. That was always, always like, like, I remember you showed me a table, you showed me couches that were yeah, like oversized. Yeah, a table that's like 23 feet long from a wood we got from Fiji and all kinds of stuff like that. Like it's just always been something big and different and unique. Is this, I'm giving you a story mixed up. Did you get wood from Mel Gibson's son? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so random. Only because there's another connection I have to Mel Gibson, not me, but someone else I knew. And I was like, is that you too? And I just remember everyone talking about his son getting wood. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, no, it sounds really cool, and we, yeah, we did a lot of projects together, like, because they have, I think it's called monkey tree, it's a type of rain tree, but they have an island in Fiji or something, and they bring the trees from there, and I got the wood from, yeah, Mel Gibson's island. That's so crazy. It's very Kardashian-coded. <laughs> It's a good island to be connected to. <laughs> Fiji Island. Because remember Kim Kardashian was talking about like, oh, this oh, wood is we from, saw, <laughs> what was well, it? I think we saw a compilation of rich people talking about their wood. wood. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like every person was talking about the wood is from here. The wood is from there. The wood we is need this. something from Fiji wood yeah. in our house. And we're not very wood coated here. Right. Um, well, well, we'll see. I mean, there'll be a project that will kind of suddenly present itself to us <laughs> be like <laughs> be, we need a wood from yeah, pg but we're more you know marble and oh i think they're more shiny and glamorous here. which your <laughs> house was white marble as a kid so you kind of manifested my it. family my whole family worked in marble like everyone all my so uncles wild. my dad everyone worked in the marble world so i grew up around like huge stones and yeah. So cool. That's why I think I was also never afraid of like materials and working with things. Cause right. Cause you just I saw my it. dad work, like, I would go to work with him and we would move around blocks of marble that were like one or two ton. Because they have methods. They, they literally worked like, you know, the Egyptians or something. We had all kind of <laughs> methods where you use like wood to roll it over and then tip it over and roll it to place and landing it in. And, and it's dangerous too. Because mm, yeah. one wrong move and it's 
will crush your fingers. And that's me as a kid. Oh, my God. That's crazy. With my dad. It was like very intense. Well, but... you're lucky that you've kept all yours. Well, we're getting white marble in our in our right, floor yeah. soon. I'm this very excited. <laughs> and black marble. Our bed is white marble. I always liked mm-hmm. it, and I never had it before you. So kind of, you're the marble king from the beginning. You always had it. <laughs> um, we had another question from our fans that asked, what do you think of the North Sea TikToks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me think about That's it. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think about it. You didn't even know about <laughs> it until like a month ago. You well, we have different TikTok for you pages. It came on yours before it came on mine, which is wild. So, what did yeah. you think about it when you saw it? I mean, That's... I liked it. Well, I've I've always known there's a subreddit about like fear of water, so they always post videos and pictures like that of like boats in the ocean or big waves. Yeah, like things that are scary that makes you feel small, basically, like makes the ocean feel so big and powerful. So I've in, I've known all those Im, that imagery, but then it was funny, especially when the ones I saw was you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that correlation was, but <laughs> like you walking a little boat in the ocean. And, I mean, my for you page is mainly fan pages of Trisha and well, because you post conspiracy theories. <laughs> I know you do have a lot of conspiracy theories. It's like where these come why. from? I don't know. TikTok. Is I guess wild. that's what you search for. I feel like you look for stuff you. No, no. TikTok works the way if you see something through, then they'll show you more of the same. Oh, so you're watching. Yeah, it I never look for something. It's. Would you ever go to the North Sea? Yeah, we should. We should go on a cruise to Antarctica. Is that that the North Sea? Antarctica? There's this North Pole and the South Pole. That's what they call the North Sea? I didn't know. No, I'm just saying we should go to I want to see the icebergs and the penguins yeah. and when are we gonna whales. Go? I'll have to wait till the kids get a little older, I think, mm-hmm. so they can They'll be... love it. Oh, they'll love it. Could you imagine being a kid and seeing like penguins and stuff? Malibu already loves penguins. Does she? Mm-hmm. When? Where did she see them? Oh, on the Here TV. and there, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I know. I can't wait to take her to like... Yeah, I guess Antarctica is really the only like a humane way to view penguins in their natural habitat because otherwise you take them to the zoo and there's controversy there and mm-hmm. she'll love We're it though. We're going to the zoo. Me and you. <laughs> That's all we have in our heads now. Going to the zoo. Shout out Miss Rachel. <laughs> Someone did ask, um, what's it like being a girl dad? It's great. I mean, I think... I don't know. They... It's amazing how much they love their dad, so it's cool. <laughs> Our girl. Oh, yeah, yeah Malibu. general girls. Well, m- not every girl. <laughs> there's oh, a lot okay. of daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy because there's that term daddy's girl, and I was like, hmm, never really understood that. And then it's like now I see it through. Well, people will say that too with Malibu or anyone who has a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with their father. They're like, yeah, they're a daddy's girl. So she is. I, know. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's amazing. I think it just it, – it works because it's in line with – what we've already been doing as far as a marriage and mm-hmm. being with you and then there's another girl. You know what I mean? It's like it works in line. But girls are just amazing because they're so she's so calm and creative and smart. I mean, she knows a hundred words and she's not a year and a half yet. So smart. So it's it's fun and I don't know. I mean it, it's fun because she's so gentle and creative and And so are you. You're such a gentle parent like my mom always says everyone always says it's just like how calm and patient you are with everything and um 
yeah, I think being a girl dad suits you for sure. I think like also just her, she is, there is a bond. Like I can't even explain it, like how she's so connected to you. And um, yeah, I don't know. She just loves, if you go away, she's like, oh, she like just wants you around. Yeah, but I mean, it's both of us. But yeah, it's it's like when I'm with her, she's always like, mama, mama. And we're mm -hmm. like, because I always tell you, you want to go show mama? And she's like, yes, <laughs> let me go show you stuff. I mean, she has this like cute phase now. She's getting, she is getting more mommy's girl. But I, I love seeing it. I love it's the best, it's the most healing for me to see that relationship, and I'm so happy for her. I love seeing the relationship, and I love. I just think it's so cool, and I'm so glad we're having another girl. Um, and one of the questions that kind of segues into the next one: toxic masculinity, mm -hmm. and also it was kind of like part of the same question: getting. I guess hated on or judged for being like, I guess some would say a present father, but being like right. a primary give, caregiver or being so involved. I guess I don't really know how. The person who asked the question was very know, nice. Toxic masculinity. They they basically were saying they didn't have a present father, so they enjoy watching it. But how does it feel getting judgment and hate for right. being hands-on? Um, maybe more so than me at times. Like you're definitely the more – you just have a lot of energy and you're more active and stuff like that as far as like, you know, you just, you just, you're just you just more initiative when it comes to it. You're just more natural. So, But you get a lot of hate for it. A lot of people call you momsis. A lot of people call you a nanny when in reality, like this girl said, she's like, it's a present father that I wish I had. So she was enjoying it. She was just asking how does it feel, this culture yeah. and being, being taunted for I mean, that. <laughs> first of all, I don't – like to me, that's all compliments. Um, Same, because I feel like from the stuff that I've learned, one of the most the things that is missing the most in our society now is fathers, like dads, mm. like it's just absent in so many level levels in so many places. So for me, I knew that the one thing I wanted to do is be present, to be there for both the wife and the kids, like not. And um, I didn't even know that I was going to be so hands-on and connected. I just didn't know. It kind of happened, right? It's like an instinct that just came into action. Um, and I think that's where we balance each other so well, you know, because, like, it's always been the case. With everything we do, there's things that you do best and things that I do best, and usually they're different things. So we always balance each other perfectly. And that's what it's really about. So I think anyone that's has issue with a dad being present either didn't have a dad or they're jealous or they just don't know like they don't know what um the issue is yeah. in their life and the issue in general so again it comes from a place of judgment comes from a place of hate um might be even jealousy because i think it's hard i mean i remember even for myself to see other families that i thought were the ideal families in my mind it was hard to watch it was hard to see something that I didn't have or feel like I wanted. So I understand it. Like, it's hard, but I think try to make it instead of trying to break somebody else's, you know? Mm, I, I agree with that for sure. I feel like you see something for uh, – my perspective is like you see someone like a boyfriend that was always around. They'd call him like a payroll boyfriend or a golden retriever or something like that. And it's like I – when in reality I do think it comes from like jealousy of like someone who doesn't have that, who's like – boyfriend isn't present, who doesn't do the things, or husbands, you know what I mean? And we see that a lot on TikTok. It's just so many 
moms asking the dads for the bare minimum, change a diaper, come to a birthday party, help plan a party or something. And so when they see you do not only that, but like really just everything, like not only are you planning it, you're building it, you're, you know, getting her dressed for it. You're like doing everything. They're just like, maybe, yeah, I think it has to be a little bit of jealousy, I think, or just either for themselves, they didn't have it or they don't have it currently. Because it is, is it's it? it's hard to find. It's you're rare. I mean, you're a rare person for yeah, sure. But I mean, the role of the dad is to protect the children and to be there to protect them. And most kids that got hurt is because there wasn't somebody there to protect them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like you know they act out when they see somebody else that's been protected. Because it's like, so they yes, didn't get that. You know, they weren't protected. Yeah, and it's horrible that they weren't. Yeah, and I think that goes sad. also to what you were talking about, like people asking about. I don't know if it's toxic masculinity. Like, it's usually, it's not, it's usually weak men, mm. you know, that don't protect their families, that don't protect their children, that don't stand up to the things they need to stand up to and let things by. So I think it's more, yeah. Because to me, I don't see anyone as like, I don't know if it's toxic. I just see them as weak. Mm. It's weakness. It's kind of the same. I guess it's just like the new term is toxic masculinity, which is very much... If you're a guy who thinks like you shouldn't have to do change a diaper because you're a guy or you shouldn't have to cook or you shouldn't have to do this, it's, that to me talks to masculinity. I don't know. It's kind of – but at the same time, it's those guys that are like, you know, wanting the traditional roles and that at the same time also expect the woman to work, you know, and like pay the bills. It's like, okay, do you want someone to take care of your kids? But like they also want her to be like a modern woman and like work and contribute to the bills. It's like that's not – Yeah, I think it's – Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, I, just seems like a very old-fashioned way of thinking about things i guess and um because i could have a choice of um you know getting a nanny and then working full-time but all i'll have all i'll be is thinking about malibu or being with her or Mm -hmm. working with her like the investment because altogether what they are we're talking about the year let's say from one to four five to really help them shape a really good personality and shape a good, you know, sense of confidence, creativity, all those things. So to give five years of your life for your kid is nothing in the grand scheme of things. I gave five years to college. Mm-hmm. I gave four years for high school. I gave eight years for elementary school. I gave I gave so many years to so many other people. I worked in jobs for six years and seven. I, like I did so many for so many other people. So this is a project right now and this is what I'm giving the best and the most I can give to. And uh, I remember it was like random in some restaurant. This guy came up to me, old guy, really old guy. He came up to me and because he saw our interaction with Malibu and he's like, you know, um, he said something like, kids come back to the parents that Mm. were there for them. Mm. Like, because he saw something, I don't know what it is that he saw, but he saw something and he was like, you know, and he was very like, happy and something about her basically coming back to us rather mm-hmm. than just leaving and not coming back oh thing, yeah which many kids do you know yeah just, just leave so i don't know again that's not the reason i do it but i want to just give her all the tools she needs to be independent in life mm-hmm. happy then she can choose whatever she wants to do in life and I'll support that, mm-hmm. you know. And we're lucky that we're able to, too. I mean, uh, it does – our daycare system, everything is so messed up that childcare is so expensive where it's like you have to work to do it. If you're like a single parent, you have to work, but then you have to pay for the childcare. It's just like this vicious cycle. So we are – like, if anything, yeah. I just think we are so lucky. So, like, the people that yeah. do hate – and most people are very, like lo- – they love it. They're like, 
dad goals, husband goals, but I feel like the very few that do hate is, is that because we are so lucky that we're able to do it. And I think more people probably would want to be home with their kids and they just can't, or they would love their husband home, you know, but they're working or they're not choosing to be home or whatever. So I think we're lucky and, you know, people but the thing is that. when hates his love, there's nothing it wants more than to destroy mm. it. Oh, well, that's so... And especially when it's children, you know. Mm. You'll see parents destroy their own children because they see their love and they can't, they just can't, and, and they, they'll destroy it. So, I don't know. I'm, and people forget, I'm 46. It's like, mm-hmm. I've have had have 40, what, five years of being selfish and doing mm. everything just yeah. for me. I've done everything I wanted to do, accomplished all my dreams. It's time for somebody else mm. to shine and to get all of what I have to give. And it's fine. And if I was in my 20s, it would be a different story. If I was in my 30s, it would oh, be a different sure. story. But Malibu is lucky. We're lucky. This is the situation we're in. And that's our subjective story. You know, anyone else mm. to draw any judgment or compare it to anything else is just wasting their time. It is. At the, at the end of the day, it's just waste of time. Especially us. Like, you can't compare it to anything because it's so, Unique. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I feel like on that like same sort of vibe as like I've always liked you. I've always I always refer to you as like I always liked what would you call it? like because you are you are very masculine, but I always say you're like a femme masculine. Like you have like feminine, like you can be in your feminine. You know, you can be in your um, feminine right, side. Stri- I guess you could yeah. say like you're very. I don't know how the word is, but you're, and that's what I love. And I think that's the most masculine thing we're talking about with the guest yesterday too. I think it's the most manly thing you can do is to be like in touch with like feelings and also just like talking about it and letting, you know, I never had a guy let me cry or like, you know, try to understand why I'm crying or why I'm upset. Even my dad, I think when you asked him for permission to marry me, which was like so sweet, he said something like you done what I haven't been able to do, which is basically... I don't know how he phrased it. I'm sure it was the wrong wording he phrased, but basically understand me, but maybe more of like... Not judge. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I've never been able to kind of get through to my daughter because like there was just like a barrier. And I think that was me with most guys, but... And we haven't even gotten... I mean, that's... That was a whole other question about, you know, just understanding me and figuring it all out. But what would you say to, I guess, just the men out there that suffer from this world of toxic masculinity that we have to be like a man and stuff like what does it mean to be a man to you like what is being the man of the house what is being a father a husband like or being just a man in the world mean to you and what's important because you are the best man i know and i think there should be a thousand more like you so if there's a lecture a lesson to being a good man what would you say oh that's a it's a long lecture, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Me or you? Oh, no, you lecturing. Well, we have time. That, no. <laughs> we have another hour what if you want. What is a man? No, I'm <laughs> So the man has the opportunity to kind of like channel into the house the, the love, you know, to bring it into the house. And then it's kind of like the love and the order. And um, I think I think why I'm not comfortable with the question is more... Um, because like I said before, you can be you can be a woman and have that spirit of the man, and you can be a man. And so I don't want people to get stuck and think we're just talking about men in their physical male body. I think the way society views right? men. So, so all I'm saying, like in good relationship, there's a balance between the masculine and the feminine, and that can present itself in the different bodies, right? Okay, so don't be stuck on like we're talking about, like, you know what I mean? I'm talking more about so, like so, but to be that good masculine energy in the household is because when you're strong 
you're not um, angry. Mm-hmm. You're not because um, a lot of men think that to be a strong man, you have to show force. Mm-hmm. You have to be, you know, assertive and angry and um, violent to some degree, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's in speech or in action or actual violence. That's the opposite, because if you can't bring, you know, love and peace to your house without violence, then you're not, it just won't happen. So I think a lot of people overcompensate and are afraid to be softer or to be vulnerable or to be in their more feminine side. They're afraid and they they freak out. And then, you know, some of the worst criminals are people that are basically, um, were not straight, right? Mm -hmm. They were like in their opposite bodies. Mm -hmm. And they were so freaked out by it that they had to prove themselves like, no, I am this body. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. For me, again, it all goes back to love. Mm-hmm. So love, judgment is hate, no hate, no judgment. Anger is a form of expressing mm-hmm. hate and judgment, right? Like we're raising the kids. You get angry that it ruins their soul. Like mm-hmm. you can't get angry with a child. You can't. And- yeah, the, that's why they're so, they need the medications and all that. There's so so much anxiety because they deal with so much anger and judgment from their parents. Yeah, so, we're definitely in the new wave of a generation where, like, yes, the fathers are more presence. We see them at like dance recitals and stuff like that. But also, yeah, not getting angry. I I just talked about this with someone the other day where it's like we were told like stop crying, like you know you're faking all stuff like that, rather than being like, okay, why are you crying? Like, what's wrong? Yeah. Which I feel like. Any like us, all, me, whatever, our generation was not like that. And now we're in this new age of like understanding. So hopefully, and again, I go back to like the men, the male, and like little boys, because I think little boys are just, I think I sent you a TikTok of how they're treated so differently than the little girls, right? Little girls, it's like, oh, that's so cute. And like little boy does something, he's like, you know, stop doing that. You look ridiculous or something like that. They just get treated so much harder. So they have to develop this like harder skin. But hopefully, you know, they can just see from like a, a, again, their dad or whoever, like that you can be, you can be soft, you can have feelings, you can cry if you're a guy. Um, I just think sometimes men have it harder and that's why they turn out to be a little bit, or boys have it harder and then they turn out to be these like hard men that need to be tough and have to show that they're tough and stuff. And um, there was a podcast clip. Did you see it? It was a guy, of course, a podcaster guy um, who said like the the spouse or the partner should always, the woman should always weigh less than the man in a relationship. And that's because the man, you haven't seen this clip. It's so viral. He's like, that's because the man should know and she should know that he could kill her at any moment, but he wouldn't because he loves her, but he's capable of doing it or something. Did you never saw that clip? It's super viral. And I'm just like, <laughs> and all the comments on it's what's like worried me as I was just like, wait, what? Because people were like, yeah, this, like you should know that you're able to like crush your wife or something like that, but you're not going to do it because you, you love her and you're, you're going to, you know, so she's going to, but she's going to have that fear. And I was like, Hmm. and so many people agreed with him. It's all over the place. I'm probably haven't seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like, you know, the, Andrew, it all goes back to the lack of fathers in the Mm. homes. For the That's boys where you too. get the Andrew Tates and all those people. It's like boys need a male figure. You know, they need a dad. They need, um, and again, it can come from, it can have two mothers and one of them has right. that, that energy, but they need that. They need that energy. And if they don't get that, then they seek it elsewhere. I think and just then parents... they find all those people that have those podcasts that tell them those stupid things. I think that's what it is. And they feel like, oh yeah, you know, like, because they want to feel that, you know. Right, having the p- two parents' presence again, it could be like you said, any 
gender any sex but um it's no, like it's not relevant. having that you know because yeah, and... if you'll have two of the same you're gonna like into something right mm. so they they need that but i don't know to me to me again the the man is to me a strong man is um very calm mm -hmm. very collected not angry not violent not like able to get all the things he needs to get done without being violent and being angry and yeah being all those things i mean shout out to all the single moms and single parents that do raise really good boys and stuff like that i think it's because i think it's like makes it it does make a job dip more difficult because you know our dad was alive but he just wasn't like around that much so then it leads with thoughts of like oh he abandoned me we weren't good enough for him like why am i not good enough for my you know like all this stuff like that so it's hard sometimes life just deals with that too sometimes the dad's not around not alive or whatever you know it can be a lot of things so shout out to all the single parents it's hard and it's hard and if you're a child yeah. what's important for the kids to know that parent never left you they left the other parent mm -hmm. like no parent leaves their child they yeah. leave the other parent like whatever it was it was impossible for them to be around and deal with so they left but yeah Nobody. But it's hard to like think that as a kid. Of course, because kids, you know, I had my own thoughts, even though my parents were together. But yeah, you know, I felt like maybe they were together because of me. So it was right. also a different way of yeah. Even if they don't make you feel that way, it. yeah. If you're just like, well, maybe because of me, they had to be together or whatever. I know there's there's so much different like traumas and stuff like that. But um, that's why I kind of do love social media for that way too, because I feel like people who don't necessarily have father figure, mother figure, or just parental figures in their life, they kind of can seek that out through, you know, the mom and dads of the internet, if you will, or whatever. I think that's, and that's why I always love being on social media. And that's why I like continue to be, because I'm like, yeah, you can kind of be someone's mom or sister or something like if they don't get that advice. When I was first starting, I would always give advice like how to put in tampons and stuff, because it's just like stuff I never talked about. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's great about you is, again, it's it, different strokes for different folks, but it shows like a present father a father who wants to be there, a father who does everything. Like Malibu, we'll talk about this today. We'll always look back at videos and always see like how much she was wanted, how much she was loved, how well you treated me, how like so especially you treated her and she'll just like have those forever, you know. In real life too, you're like that. And that's another way of, you know, giving your daughter a good example of what man she should mm -hmm. pursue in life because she won't take anything less than what she saw in her own home. So that's really important. Oh, it's going to be... She's going to find like an amazing person because it's going to be so hard to compare to you. <laughs> It'll be like one of those things where she's just like, I don't know, my dad was pretty great. But a lot of people who didn't have a dad growing up, you're like, well, I'll just take any guy who will. No, because if they see the, you know, somebody being mistreated in the relationship, then they'll think that's normal mm -hmm. and they think that's, that's just how it is and they'll accept it. In our case, she'll see something, you know, somebody will try something and be like, no, that's not right. how you treat a person. Mm -hmm. That's just wrong. Which is like the greatest so that's thing. The... That's the greatest gift. And then she'll just be so be able to be secure. And I'm mm -hmm. super excited for that. We had one other question. We had a couple. We have a lot more questions, but we have only time for a few more. Um, but there was one about well, there's favorite moments together and dating someone with mental illness. And these are both really great ones. Oh, man. All right. We'll go. We'll go with the. Because there there's a beautiful clip already of you. We did a whole deep dive on <laughs> dating someone with mental illness. Am I the first person you dated that was mentally ill? Um, that you knew of? Probably not. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. But I think um, it's the first time that I got to, um, I don't know, be, be not judgmental and be in a way 
so I mean, maybe it will just, if you talk about it, it'd be easier. Like um, the main issue in, in the past, if something would happen like between us before we met, let's say in the past, I would take everything personally, right? I would think, let's say you say something to me mm-hmm. and it's not nice and I would take it personally and I'll be angry at you. And um, where today I wouldn't even take it personally or think that it's directed at me. And then we'll just work through it, right? So it's so the big difference is really about knowing that if somebody has a male mental illness or any kind of issue, that it's their issue. Right. Like, it's not mine. It's yours. And everything that's coming my way, it's not personal to me. It's something that you're dealing with at that moment. So it's more finding out, like the kid, why are you crying? Mm. Just find out why you're feeling this way and what's going on. Rather than be like, can't believe you said this to me, and you know I'm leaving. Right, I feel like because we did have our own struggles with that, where I like didn't I like it's, it was me like not wanting to feel, like trigger something. Like, I don't want to talk about it, but then you'd be like, that's controlling the conversation or whatever. But I was like, oh, but it's like what? <clears throat> this is such an interesting right because I was because I'm able to just sit down and talk forever yeah. about something and not get, um, yeah, not get triggered. It, right. And for you, like, at some point, you just knew, okay, I need to stop here and come back to it later. Because we saw what happens when it doesn't so, stop. Yeah. And... So then I was like, well, but that's not fair. I want to talk about it now. Like, I want right. to resolve, like, why are you stopping? Like, are you not wanting to talk about it because you think I'm right or you think you're wrong or you think you're right? Or you think I'm... Right. You you're just, like, like, trying to end a conversation. Yeah, to control the conversation. And, like, so it's not about control. It's about you actually was trying to self-control you. I think it's tough to date someone with mental illness. I think as someone who does, I could never date someone who had something similar to me. I mean, even though I could understand no, it. No, would trigger each other endlessly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'd be locking myself in the bathroom. They'd be locking myself in exactly. a baby. would be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess what is like the best piece of advice, I guess, for understanding someone's mental illness and also... I guess, you know, because I would also never expect someone to stick around because it can feel at the beginning, it can feel personal and it can be personal sometimes, you know, like personal attacks and stuff like that. How would you suggest people if they're, they love someone, how do you suggest them dealing with outbursts, with the side effects of mental illness, all that stuff like that? Well, I think you just have to really look at what's happening. Um, Just think that you're not in the room. This is happening, right? Like. So none of the words are coming towards you. Nothing is happening to you. But it is. It's, no, but I'm saying right. that. So step aside in your mind for a second. Look at the situation and try to evaluate, okay, is what's happening with this person? How can I help them? What do they actually need right now rather than what's happening to me, what's said about me? Because, um, again, I don't think it's personal. But sometimes it's manageable. Sometimes it's not, too. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't stay in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's important to, that's what I'm saying, to step aside and try to look at what's actually happening. And and then when things calm down, you'll find the truth, right? The dust will settle and mm-hmm. then you'll find out how that person really feels. They feel horrible about what they said. They didn't mean what they say. Um, something else happened that triggered them. And then, and then you can decide to yourself, okay, can I live in a relationship knowing these are the triggers and I'm able not to push those triggers mm-hmm. or maybe you can't and you will always push those triggers then walk away this mm-hmm. is not for you because mm-hmm. you're going to be constantly because um, I think what's not fair is that um, I could easily always trigger you and then you'll feel bad for being tri- like basically control you through mm-hmm. the anger right because mm-hmm. when somebody's angry at you um, you win mm-hmm. you know if I if you 
if you make somebody angry, you won. Mm -hmm. So again, so I think it, it's really important to watch and see somebody pushing your triggers to make you angry and trying to control you. Is somebody getting angry, they have triggers and you're not willing to, you know, do the work not to push those triggers. And there's, there's a lot of, it's not easy, but. Yeah, it's like understanding. To, to explain it, but. Oh, yeah. But it's easy if you're looking at the person. I think because if you really love the person, then you're not judging mm -hmm. their actions. I understand it. But then also in your love, you're talking to the love part mm -hmm. that's in them. And that part is not mentally ill. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, what's important to understand. The part that that person has in them that is love is not ill. It's actually and... is totally fine. And the more you bring it out, the better they'll be. Because um, the, the term, you know the term like love the hell out of somebody? Yes. What do you think that means? Um, yeah, just that. Like, love them. Like, I, oof, God, I know what it is. It's like, love the hell out of someone. It's like, kind of like you love the mental illness out of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. So it's not, it doesn't mean like you love them a lot. It means you're using love to take hell out of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they're in hell. There's hell in them. Love the hell out of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's using love to... It's very much take the hell out of that's them. true. You love you love the hell out of me. That's for sure. Because people in this world are either in heaven or hell, but mm -hmm. it's in this world. We're it's here. Oh, it was awful when I was where I was. It was horrible to like lash out on so many people and just be that person that unhinged, crazy, stay away from, dangerous. Like you know, it's like nobody wants to be that person. And I just thought, well, that's just me. That's just like what I'm dealt with. Like whatever. And I feel I really do feel like love. You love your love healed me. You love the hell out of me. All of that stuff like that because I feel. I guess it's a more manageable now. I guess I do have like my instances, but it's definitely nowhere near where it was. Not even just at you, but just because it's usually the people closest to you, mentally ill people, kind of like lash at it. But you know, on the internet and stuff like that, to be so angry and so it's like, it's a whole yeah, different. It was to a point where you had to self medicate mm. to not feel so bad and anxious. And, yeah, and you know about yourself. Well, what about now? Because I guess it's a different. I wouldn't even call it mental illness. I don't know if it's. I think there's like a post, like a prenatal part. Um, it's like postnatal where this pregnancy has been a lot harder as far as my emotions. Like I feel like I'm so much more emotional. I mean, you guys saw now I just like cry over everything and there'll be times where I just cry. Like we'll be out on our date night. And I'm just like crying because I just, and for no reason, or I'll just say I'm just sad or I'm just unhappy. I, mm -hmm. We had one over Christmas break and I'm just like, I just feel so miserable. And like, and I would tell you like literally you're perfect. Like I was, I was crying. I was like going to get my nails done and it was like sitting out there and I was just crying. And I was like, this is like everything I dreamed of. And it's like, I am like, Every other day, I'm like so happy and everything's perfect. And I'm got my daughter's perfect. I have a perfect husband. I have like this beautiful house. Like we are, you know, the careers are good. Everything's great. And I was just like, why am I so unhappy? What would you, how do you deal with that? Because like you really are a saint. Is it patience? Is it, what's the secret to dealing with someone going through either depression, whether they're pregnant or not, or any sort of like. Yeah, because I mean the post postpartum depression, I mean, that's real. And mm. it's, it's really, um something that you know i want to be able to understand but i know that it exists so again it's not taking it personally like you're going through something some people say it's hormones so i'm like okay maybe it's hormones maybe it's just that mm -hmm. and that i don't know it's kind of to me it's hard to like it's not an excuse i don't know how to explain it but it's not because i think things are not just chemical but yeah like we definitely seen with pregnancy and postpartum that there is something that the body goes through. So 
it can be explained in many ways, right? You had a baby inside your body and now it left and your body goes through so many changes and making the baby has taken away so many, you know, nutrients mm -hmm. and minerals and things out of your body. Like there's, so there's definitely reasons to be and feel all that. So I think it's just really helping you just go through it, helping you navigate through it and not feel so, um, not to feel alone because then it's even worse if somebody feels that and then you mm -hmm. get angry at them and then they feel like they're doing something wrong and then it spirals into something else, right? Because that moment, that's the only issue. And at some point it goes away. Mm. But then if you're angry about it and get upset, mm. then you add another issue to that now. So now they're upset about being upset and, and you know, it's a spiral that will just keep going down. Um, so being, really being a support is sometimes all you can do. Sometimes just being, even just listening, even if you have no yeah. solution, because there is sometimes no solution to it when you feel that way. I know for me, it's just like I have literally everything. There's no other solution. One time I was sick, just like with some flu or something. And it was one of those serious flus. And they gave me a steroids, I guess, with the medicine. You know how sometimes they give you steroids with the medicine yeah. to help it mm -hmm. work faster or stronger or whatever. And I remember having these intense feelings and emotions just swap through me about things and things that I would never feel a certain way about. And I would just feel like sad or emotional or something. Or I remember something as simple as like a food that I wanted that I didn't have. And I felt like I want to cry. I don't have this food right now. Oh, like, I didn't know this you know, about so, you. Anyway, so those steroids, which I think is kind of equivalent to hormones. Right. Um, and I immediately stopped taking. I was like, I'd rather be sick. <laughs> that feeling. <laughs> like, I'd rather have the flu. Those then, are awful feelings to have too. To have that, but that's the one time I never knew that about that you. I had this weird, like, emotional roller coaster that had nothing to do with reality, had nothing to do with anything, but the feeling was so intense and so, um, yeah, like it just. I never just, knew that. Just want to cry. Like, that you experienced that because that's exactly so, how I feel when so I. So to me, that is probably one percent out of what you feel you know yeah so that's how i tried to gauge it like that's how i tried to think about it i was like okay so and it's horrible because it's not you can't control it it's awful like you can't control it and you just like the tears and the body and you feel so much and you're like i was so upset last night i was like crying in bed like at like one in the morning i didn't sleep at all i was like could not sleep because yesterday i had mac and cheese for lunch and then i had cacio pepe for dinner and i was just thinking like all i had was this buttery cheesy and i really wanted a steak the guy our friend across from me was ordering filet and i wanted it but i didn't know how i was going to be at that restaurant so i'd like maybe i shouldn't order it and that's all i was thinking about and then i just started crying and i was just like thinking like why didn't I order that steak? Like, why did I Why did I just have noodles all day yesterday? And I didn't even enjoy the noodles. I didn't like the ketchup pepe. I didn't like the Kraft mac and cheese I had. And I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, now my baby missed a day of protein when I could have been eating steak for it. And I really wanted the steak. And I was thinking about that even today. I was like, okay, do we go Do we go to Mastro's down the street like after this? Because I know I'm going to like their steak. Because if I don't like the steak at the place, I won't eat it. And then I feel bad when I can't eat something. Or I eat a second dinner like I did that one night where I ordered pizza. And then I feel bad about that. And it's like – it just like spiraled me so much. And I was so upset all night. But I just like cried and cried and cried. And I was just like up and I was just anxious and like jittery about it. And it was just like one of those things, yeah, I couldn't control. I was just like crying and sobbing. And it was so – it was so odd. It was so – and it was like it really – it really upset me where I was just like – what am I even doing in life? Like it just really became this spiral. I'm like, what does all this even mean? And thankfully I woke up and I showered and I felt like 
better. I mean, we had pizza for lunch, but I was just like, oh my gosh. And then that's what happens steak for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then I was like, but then I was like, oh, well, we can't cook steak because tomorrow we have like a photo shoot here and like I don't want to, you know, have dishes. I have this thing with dishes when people come over. So it was just like this whole thing. So I'm like, okay, well, our New Year's steak has like five minutes and like I know I like it, but will Malibu like it? Like we'll be able to, you know, it's just like the whole thing. It's just, and I spiral over food. I spiral if I can't get Benny Hanna. Like I spiral. I get. And- you just let the thoughts run you rather than... <laughs> but it's not even that. It's almost it's like a deep, deep connection. It's like the Benihana of it all, too. It's just like, okay, I haven't had Benihana. And like, that's that's protein. That's for my baby. And I feel neglectful. Like, it's very weird. But I'm like, no. But then most people think I'm like... Because we can't really go. Cause that's like, what I'm saying. See how all I those know. thoughts make you feel bad. doesn't matter which direction you're going to go And you go never do it. make me feel bad. Right. It's not me. It's if I'm like, I want to go to Benihana alone or with Zach saying mm-hmm. or with my mom or whoever, Jeremy, yeah. you'll just be like, you'll, you're never saying no, but... I always feel bad because it's mostly because like it's it's just a long thing and Malibu sitting there she's she's not into it yet you know the smoke and everything, but I sometimes just. But I'm saying like let's say you're not thinking about it at all and you just say hey I'm going to Benihana with my mom now like cool that's it that's it that's yeah, the actual reality of it I know I know the reality of life is that. I was just so but, upset last night. I was like, why didn't I – I should have ordered a steak after I saw his. I don't know. It was like so – and the ketchup pepper was just like buttery and I could. I thought I could feel it in my arteries. You I would have ordered this steak. Um, I didn't think about it at the time. It like sounded good. But I was like, maybe it's not going to be yeah. good at this restaurant. You know what I mean? And yeah. You know I would have. And I would have honestly ordered a side had I even thought it was going to be good. And then I saw it. And he did offer me. Our friend did offer me. He's like, do you want some? I'm like, no. But I really did. I really wanted some. You did get the crab cake for me. They ordered crab yeah. cake. You did get a pretty hefty size. I'm like, that's too much. But no. they were nice to share it with me because <laughs> I ordered the calamari and it was grilled. I'm like, what? I've never seen something like that. It was anyway. grilled calamari. I wish I would have taken a picture of it. I was like, I've never seen that ever. How is it not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, capital grilled calamari sounds good too. Maybe we should go. But there I just eat mac and cheese too. I was like, I could get a steak. But um, thinking about food anyways. Um, we do have that master's <laughs> close to us, but... I guess it's a weird vibe. I guess if we go early at like five when they open. Yeah, but it's not even about at this point you need to get that steak. I just want to eat the food. That's what it is. It's like Like when you're pregnant, your body tells you what you need and you have to get it for it. Yeah, I'm really. Otherwise it will just torture you around it. Until you get and it. I was and last night it was it was weird it was almost like you know I talk about when I don't eat, take my iron pill like my foot kind of feels numb like I've restless it felt like my whole body was like restless leg syndrome mm-hmm. where it was just like it was all like pins and needles it was really uncomfortable yeah no, you need it it's really weird um, okay so let's end on like happy notes um, <laughs> what is favorite memory together and what's a memory you look forward to creating together I've we have so many favorite memories together. <laughs> But I guess probably like as far as just me and you, yeah, it would be like the proposal. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Yeah, like the proposal (sighs) and that was a high. The time right after the proposal that night. Yeah, Mm because we stayed out in a hotel, so we were just just the two of us, and just we literally drove to the sunset. It was like this beautiful drive. We stayed at the hotel. We were calling everyone to tell them. Um, I couldn't wait to give you your ring. So once you have uh, the ring, I was like happy about it. My favorite and thing ever. Yeah, I think the proposal was really. That was like a such a natural high. That was just like wow. It yeah. Felt like we made it through and you were so, so much. Yeah, and your reaction was so. I never thought it would happen. I never happy thought. And real, and for me, just seeing you happy made me happy. Oh so. my god! Because it was like. It was such a dream scenario in every sense of the word. And I just like, but it was just surreal because I never thought it would happen. Never in a million years would I ever think like I'd get like a proposal like from like a dream guy. And like even back then, like I was like, I loved you, of course, but it's like just not just seeing how far it's come. I'm like, God, it's like you're even 
better than you were back then. Like it's like every day is better, better. But back then I was so in love with you. It was like this dream proposal, dream ring. The fact that you like paid attention to like one or twice, two times I like told you about this ring. Um, called my dad. We just had done music videos. You were listening to my chemical romance on the way up. You like, you know, I was passenger to Princess Sleeping. We had McDonald's breakfast. Like it was just like this all perfect thing. I don't know. And you were so cute and sweet and we were in cosplay and it was just like, I don't know, everything about it was perfect. Was awesome. You remember like was we... We got there. We were in the sand dunes filming Jasmine. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we were on site. And then the photographer coming in, he, oh, yeah. he went to the Rangers <laughs> and he was like. Oh, no, he thought, it was like a, he thought it was like a music video shoot right, that right, I was yeah, doing. Right, because yeah. at the time, that's what it was. You were doing music video after music video. And he right. would come to the music video to take photos. <laughs> so in his mind, this is one more music video. So he goes to the Rangers and he's like, where's the photo shoot? Oh, gosh. The... We almost got kicked out. And the thing is that they don't allow any photo shoots over there, commercial photo shoots um, at all. And they unless came you have up... a permit right. and, and all that. So anyway, I see the <laughs> photographer driving and a Ranger with him. And I was like, oh, oh no. You know? And then the Ranger coming over and he's like, this is not happening today. Like, there's no photo shoot. You guys are not and doing anything. And I'm in anything. the car, so I don't know what's happening. I'm like sitting in the front. So I'm, I'm like, this is serious. And I'm like, how do I, you know? And and then suddenly I realized, you know what? Just be vulnerable. Say the truth. And, you know, yeah. I was like, so I looked at the officer. I was just like, look, man, this is, I know what it looks like. But the reality is I'm about to propose, you know, and this is what I'm doing. I promise you, this is not commercial. We're not post, you know, we're not selling these photos. Yeah. We're not filming a product. We're not doing anything. Um, this is really what it's about. And uh, and he made me go to the car and get the ring. That's crazy. So I went to the car and you're like, what's happening? And I was like, nothing, yeah, nothing. Yeah, I remember. And I had the ring in my uh, camera case. So I go back. Oh my God. I show him the ring. I gave him everything. My driver license, my information, my address. He's like, if I this, see this photo just for commercial use, we're coming oh back up to you. Oh my gosh. I'm like, don't worry. That's fine. Good thing so you didn't anyway, steal the so ring. We, <laughs> what if he just grabbed it and went? He's like, I gotta well, confiscate this from we you. I know who he is. So. <laughs> what if he was a fake ranger? <laughs> That's true. Or a power ranger. But what? we <laughs> we prevailed. It and was... then and then we get up on the dunes and we didn't oh, know there are gonna be yeah. so many RVs um ATVs. And oh my God. Just barely. Like, Luckily, our photographer was really tall. So it was yeah. like having a flag up there. Because someone said, You need a flag up here. Yeah, Someone's going to run you over. Like, go over the hill and crash on you. Oh my God. Was, I was, I was, was paranoid. Crazy. Yeah. It was so funny. You dropped the ring right before in the sand. Oh my. I mean, so we're walking <laughs> up. I mean, we're trekking up. I was dying. You didn't want to go up. You're like, Let's just take the picture here. I was oh like, my no, God. We no. have to. We're going up and it was, I'm dressed as what, Jafar? Jafar. Yeah. So I don't have pockets. I just have a belt. So the ring was stuck between my belt and the rope. And we're going up and it's like a track. And suddenly I feel like oh it's God. not there. And luckily I look back and I see it like half buried in the ground. You see it in the video. Like you kind of go back and find and it. And you're looking back and I'm like, I grabbed it quickly before you saw I it. I didn't, I had no idea. And um, yeah. That was the best. It was really the best day of my life. Obviously, pre-Malbu being born and Yeah, that's out. what I'm saying. This yeah. is between us, like mm -hmm. our, yeah. And what's a memory you dream of creating together? We have so many. I mean, I can't wait to see Elvis, see us with two kids running around mm. by our lake house. Mm -hmm. um, I see us all on a boat. Yeah, with the kids. I was next sentence was with the kids on the boat. Yeah. Um, 
But I think I keep visualizing. I see it like um, your TV show. We're all on set. <laughs> oh, I see We're that kind too. Of in the green room. It has a playroom attached to my dressing room. You're going on stage. You know, we're depends how old Malibu is. You know, either she's with me with a headset and. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> I see you doing the set design, but not having to be hands on. Someone else is running the yeah, lights and yeah, the no, sound. Yeah, no, like I'd be like an art director, you know, like yeah. part of the creative side of things. But during the actual show, but, you can just hang with the but kids. But more than anything, just be the buffer between you and everyone, because otherwise, <laughs> which you always are. <laughs> I see that that's too. Where, yeah. Oh, that's like a dream. That that's well, that's a fun. That's a fun one too. I like that one. So I see that. I see us traveling all over to all the Disney's in all the in Hong Kong and Japan and Paris. Mm-hmm. In Florida. That's how I want to win the lottery. I just want to do like a luxury <laughs> trip to all those places yep. with the kids and cosplaying each way, you know, having to do the dress up. I think it's going to be so fun. I look forward to that. But you really like our boats, our summer boats. And when I say boats, it's like this very like, it's not, how would you, they're not like yachts. Like people are going to think I want a boat. They're very simple boats. What would you no, expect? Like yeah. electric we boats have, or something? A, there's a small lake near us. There's nice houses. They're not big. They're not crazy. Like this is our main house. They're yeah. little houses, but it just, you have a waterfront and it's so pretty, the lake. And the boats are, it's like a golf cart on the water. That's all it is. Yes, it's quiet. They're electric. Yeah. It's amazing because they're electric. It's so quiet. Like people are on the water. It just, it's just picturesque, you know, yeah. it's like quiet and nice. You're on the water, calm. There's restaurants. You go get your food, get mm-hmm. on the little boat, golf cart. <laughs> Malibu can see all the ducks and the birds. <laughs> go back home. Yeah. So and I want to name the boat. I want to name it after you, I think, because I feel like that's like the one gift I could give you. You know what I mean? We save this money together because I always think like I should give you gifts of things. We need a boat. We need like a Moses boat. Like I don't, we don't know like a good name because they always have like puns kind of like like Lake Mind. Well, like that's not really a pun, but there's just like, you know, there's like one called like Lake Minded, but there's usually something else like. There's one there I see recently. <laughs> it's called Friendship. Yeah. Okay. So like that. Yeah. Like that. So think of like a good Moses pun for like a boat. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it just be the icon, like water droplets. The water droplet. Maybe it will be faces of water. Water king. Water snake. <laughs> the water snake. The water snake. <laughs> that comes full circle. That will be. Yeah, that for us, that will be. That will be really good. Actually, that's a good one. <laughs> we just came up with it now. Um, but mostly I'm just excited to like also just grow old with you. I always think about that when we're like, I always say when you're like 88, I'm going to be a young 77. But I just think we're going to be, we'll, we go to Masters a lot in Malibu and I go see older couples there at like five o'clock with us. And I'm like, that's going to be us. You know, we're going to, mm-hmm. I'll be there. You'll get your Branzino. I'm going to have my filet and lobster tail. I'll split the lobster tail for you. Like, it's going to be yeah, cute. And then that'll be our life. It'll be like, oh, wow, we did it. I don't know. I'm really excited. But we're creating memories now. We have holidays together. All our family comes to us and it's the stability. and Yeah, we are. I mean, I think that's the main, like, um, dream that we achieve that we are the home that hosts the family and everyone comes Feels over so and we good. cook for everyone oh and, and you're so great and growing up like because i grew up with you know the smell of food cooking mm-hmm. and, and so like our kids grow up like that too and and you do it for the whole family when your mom comes over my dad like my brother everyone you just do it for everyone even if they already ate we're like we're gonna make bolognese and everyone has a little bowl of bolognese and your mom she was so inspired she started cooking too she's mm-hmm. like okay i'm gonna come cook with you guys and it really was the funnest that last day because your mom we saw your mom a lot this last trip and um we cooked for her and stuff like that but that last day when she started cooking too we all like cooked in the kitchen yeah. together and um it was just like such a special time and she was just every, everyone was just happy and great my dad was here and I don't know. It's just like, that's like what I've always dreamed of. So I like love those memories and love all of it. 
Moses, I feel like we could do so many more parts because you're so, you are so interesting and you're so talented and there's so much life before me that I feel like go into more depth and talk about. Mm. But I absolutely love you and I hope that people got to see more of you. Hopefully you guys got the questions you want to answer. I feel like a lot of it was about us. I wanted it to be more about you, but I love I think your philosophies are brilliant. I think you're so smart. I did so many spiritual readings and like just learning so much about spirituality. And it's like everything I learned, I remember I'd I'd be so excited. I'd come to you and I'd be like, look at this, look at this chapter, whatever. And it's literally everything that you've you've preached about or you've lectured about. um, And I just had to like find it in a different way. But in reality, it's like it came back to everything you knew and you're just so knowledgeable. And I think the way you present information is so beautiful. And I love that we connect over our we found each other again in this life. Yeah. Our bodies of water. I always think Moses is attracting me because I have a lot of water in this body. <laughs> I have more water than the average person. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm like, look at all this water. Look at all that water in there. <laughs> no, you're so smart, so creative, mm-hmm. and so much fun to be with. And it's never a dull place. <laughs> it's always interesting. I think, I mean, being creative, that's the goal, is to be in an environment that is always creative. And we always do stuff. We always make things. I mean, this one happened to, you know, but go back to our TED Talks, Trish Talks. Oh, yeah, Trish Talks. <laughs> we'll be out there in 70. We'll still make those videos. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, like, and now we have little ones that are going to be creative and inspire us and yeah, keep so us excited. I just, I just love spending every minute with you. And I always like that's that's all I want. And that's the meaning of life. <laughs> that is the meaning of life. There you go. I feel like that's the takeaway of all this. Moses Hackman explains the meaning of life. Is Trisha Paytas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for being my guest this you. Valentine's Day. Best Valentine's Day ever, honestly. It's been fun. Thank you for the infinite um, necklace. Yeah, can not wait to see where it is. Yeah, here's to infinite love, infinite amount of good health, wealth life, longevity, happiness, success, and our internet family following us along the way. Thank you. See you guys. All right. Check out Moses on the Just Trish podcast, (laughs) facesofwater.com. He has books out there. I think it's on Blurb or something like that. Check it out. And Water Droplets, go find his channels. He has so many from 2006. There's so many old videos to go find him on. Water is probably the best. Or Water Snake. It's a great poem. We didn't even get into (laughs) that. But if you want to check that out, that's my favorite. (laughs) Next time, part two. All right. See you guys next time. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) 